Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of the What the Fluff Podcast Conversations. We have with us an amazing creator and human, Facebook streamer turned kick streamer, amazing story. And I'm, I'm just excited to talk to him about everything that he's gone through, going through, how he manages his mental and his life. We got prodigal. Here we freaking go. I'm ready for you now. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. So let's start at the very beginning. How do we get to where I, it's one of the questions I feel like I'm stealing from diary of a CEO, but what are some of the important things of your past that have led you to being the person you are now? Let's kind of wind it back. So, um, I feel like with, Oh, first off, thank you for having me again. I appreciate yeah, you. Yeah, of course. This is such a blessing, and I'm super blessed to to have you and a couple other creators that I can look up to and have looked up to for the past few years. Um, thank you, man. No, so I can always attribute, and I don't know, not everybody can attribute to this. Obviously, my parents. Um, my dad is old school. Both my parents were born in 1955. To put some of this in retrospective, so. Um, very old school, blue collar, grew up in Baltimore city. Um, my family, mill workers, stuff like that, of that sort, German family heritage. My family's been here in the state since the 1600s. So growing up, yes, I can attribute a lot to my parents. My dad, very hardworking. That's where I get my work ethic from. Um, very strong willed, um, uh, give you the shirt off my back kind of thing. And then my nurturing side, my loving, my compassion all comes from my mom. My mom, literally, she can walk anywhere in our neighborhood and people, hi, Miss Deb. And like, just run up and hug her. Cause she's like the neighborhood mom. Nice. Uh, I get, I get goosebumps just talking about my mom. Cause she's just such, everybody can, you know, I, I won't say everyone, but a lot of times you hear my mom's like awesome. Like, yes, that's yeah. my mom too. You know, she's just so wholesome. Um, but even with having, and I have amazing brothers, I lost my, I'll get to that, but I lost my oldest brother, but I had two amazing brothers and older sister. I was the youngest of four siblings. So always had the civil sibling rivalry. My brothers were much older, 13 and 15 years old. Older oh, wow. Than, yeah. Than me. And then my sister was two years. Um, so I'll be 36. My sister will actually be 38 here in five days. Um, so always had that and that kind of molded and shaped me. Uh, the neighborhood I grew up in, like I say, was very blue collar, uh, a lot of lower class and like some middle class families. Um, so that's where I get my hard work and my ethic, you know, but there was a lot of drugs, a lot of drugs where I grew up in Baltimore. So um, at a very young age, that's that started to mold and shape me as well. Um, that's where I get my street smarts from, um, you know, really <laughs> my savviness and stuff like that. Um, but I did, I was, I was blessed. I went to great schools, um, had some good values. I don't agree with all of them. Now we'll just say I went to Catholic schools my entire life. I'll just fair. Yeah. I'll del- <laughs> delving Catholic high deep. school as well. So I hear you. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, pup, like, uh, I mean, I appreciate the, the good education, you know, I was afforded a good education, so I'm very appreciative of that, but the rest of it will just, yeah. Um, yeah. My first, I, I started in high school. I should have graduated in 05, graduated in 06. Because uh, uh, I sold weed in school, to be very blunt. Got kicked out and had to repeat. But I was in my first rehab um, in 2006. 
uh, December of 2006. Um, and you're how old? That, I'm 36. Uh, sorry, at that, in, point, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, at that point, um, oh my gosh, 19. Okay. Um, or, yeah, 19, because I was born in 87. Um, okay. Yeah, so first rehab, because September I, I, is my birthday. Uh, first rehab, I made it about four or five days out, and I was back in the same rehab. Um, after that, was in a recovery house for about 50, 60 days. Um, heroin was my drug of choice at this point. I had already graduated from Oxycontin. It started Percocet, Oxycontin, then to heroin. Um, Do you mind me asking how that started? Was it something, an injury that was prescribed? Was it just something that other friends injury. were doing? So you just, dude, that's the injury. fucking my God. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Injury, injury. And again, now to just take it back real quick to refresh where I grow up is very easy access. Okay. Super easy access because where I'm at at this point in time, doctor shopping is a big thing. People yep. are getting prescribed perks and oxys left and right. I mean, this is big pharma's like when they were making bread and butter. Bug, yeah, you know it. And so I came f full circle, um, or not full circle. I apologize. I end up in Florida at a long-term treatment facility. Um, and I mean, I did well. It was long-term, six months. Uh, I dabbled a little bit here and there with. That's when the Roxy Cottons were really big, the Blue 30s. I uh, started dabbling in them and kind of went downhill. Didn't get involved in heroin because heroin wasn't big down there. It was very, very, very hard for me to get. Um, and fell right back into it. And, and I moved back to Baltimore because I just couldn't afford to live. I lived in St. Petersburg for about two years. Started up in Treasure Island and... Um, um, St. Pete Beach and then ended up in like downtown, like old Northeast St. Petersburg. And how old are you now in this? So if you went to your first rehab when you were 19, what, how long is this all going? Okay. So this, this is, is all in a span yeah, of a few years. Yeah. This is very short time, two to three years maximum. Okay. Um, and from there, when I came back home, um, my parents were always, like I said, very loving, compassionate, my dad, very hard nosed. So it was like, mom, Hey, bring the baby home. Cause I was the child. I was the youngest man. They, yep. I'm very, <laughs> you know, we can save him kind of thing. And in all actuality, they were just enabling me. My dad mm. kind of saw that, you know, but has so much love for my mother that, you know, do whatever to make your mom happy kind of thing. Yep. And I mean, I robbed and stole from my parents. I'm very open and honest about that. I mean, blind, rob my parents blind. Yep. Um, and I just, I was never a thief or anything like that. But when, when I got really bad on heroin, I just wasn't myself. And I did yeah. things that, that I would have never done in my true form. I just call it my true form. Um, and from that point, um, I became homeless because my parents kicked me out shortly thereafter that this is 2000, um, and uh, when I came home, so 2008, 2009 is when I was in Florida. I came home in 2010. 2010, I met my parents for a very short amount of time. I get kicked out. And then I'm kind of bouncing all over the place for the next year and a half. Okay. This puts, this puts me into the end of 2012. Now, mind you, through all of this, I had gotten into trouble. I mean, I've already, I've already got a felony on my record. At this point, um, and well, yeah, that was a felony, a conviction that I got. I had a really good attorney, and that's the only thing well my done. parents helped me out. <laughs> yes, I got, I got weekends. Okay, 
and because I was using so much, sorry to bounce. This is a, this I'm backtracking keep bouncing. a little bit. I'm going to already ask questions that'll backtrack. So keep going. <laughs> um, when, when all this stuff happened, I had got, uh, charged with, uh, stolen firearms. Okay. Um, there was no tracing them, anything like that. The only thing that wound up getting traced to me was a piece of jewelry. Um, coincidentally, the person I was staying with, it was his parents. We were, we were both getting high, but I got put with pawning the jewelry so he wouldn't look like the bad guy is what it is. I own it, still did it, neither yeah. here nor there. So I called a felony for it because it was over a thousand dollars. Um, it was theft over 500. Um, I didn't show up to my weekends in jail. Now, mind you, I'm sitting in court ready to get, uh, charged. And I asked my attorney, I'm like, do you think I'm going to go home today? He's like, no. So oh, shit. I waited a few minutes. So I was like, hey, I got to go to the bathroom real quick. And I ran out of the courthouse that day. What? This is in, this is in Towson, Maryland. Okay. Towson, Maryland. I don't know. Uh, there's a big mall there. Towson Town Center. Um, the courthouse is right there. And I ran up towards the mall. And then I get a phone call. And it's my mom. I eventually went back. And I got put in jail. And, uh because I hadn't showed up for my weekends because I was getting high. I had yeah. gotten sentenced to 30 weekends and I, I showed up to one and I was dope sick the whole time. And I just said no more. So they gave me my time. Um, I had to do, cause in BC, DC and Baltimore, I forget what it is, but you get good time. You get double bunk time. So you're losing like, you know, I think you get like five to 10 good days a month, you know, as long as you don't get in trouble. So what does that mean? I only like good. What is that? All me. You get good time, so you'll get time taken off. If you don't get in trouble, get write-ups. Um, per like the state, they just give you good time. I, and again, it's been so what does long. Good time I, mean? Um, it's just like a state thing where like uh they'll give you a percentage. So if you serve thirty days, they'll give you ten percent. Let's just say as a number for every month that you don't get in trouble. Because I mean, when you're in jail. You're fighting, scrapping oh, yeah. any of that stuff. That's a write-up. That's an infraction. That kills your good time. So you could potentially get sentenced to 12 months and only have to serve nine months on that because of good time. And that's how, like, your okay. county is. So it's just like a it's written in to, like, the sentencing guidelines and all through the state that they – and it's not guaranteed. Um, Like I say, it – it's kind of like you get it. If you fuck up, they take it from you or they cool. can take it from you. So good time, so, I guess is another name for like helping if, for good behavior, like good behavior good reward. Behavior. Yes. Okay. Yes, 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 okay. yes. So, um, I do my time. I get out. It was like 48 days. I had to do 45, 48 days in Baltimore County. And then I got out of that. Um, and I went right back to it, man. I mean, like I yeah. say, this is, this is when I go and I'm, I'm homeless at this point, essentially bouncing around. I mean, at this point, I'm the people that I'm hanging out with. If you hear about people that hop trains and stuff like that. Yeah. Like you see the people that are like popping through towns, like when they got their dogs with them in backpacks, like that's the people I was rolling with. Cause they were getting high too. Um, I was, one, uh, like doing all this crazy shit, man. Like I say, and and two guys that I grew up with, one God rest his soul is no longer with us, even though you know we got in all this trouble together. Um, they offered me to drive them. Now, this to put it in time frame, this is after about 
eight months to a year of me kind of bouncing around, staying on couches, doing whatever I could. 2011-ish? 2012? Yes. 20, okay. 2011 into 2012. Okay. So, um... No, yeah, beginning of 2011, yeah, because it was about... So you're 24? 24, 25? You 24, are? Yeah, 24, I'll be 25 that, that September because I get I get arrested that December. Okay. Um, So roughly right after Thanksgiving, now mind you, at this point in time, I'm working for the local 19 whenever I can get a call. They are the stagehands local. Okay. I go to like First Marine Arena, Meriwether Post Pavilion, and I help unload all the trailers for like WWE, all the nice. concerts. You know, I've really got to do, I got to do Rush when they did their tour, you know. So um, I go down, I work, I remember I'm working at the Lyric Opera House. <laughs> I think it was R. Kelly or somebody oh, dude, dear doing this show. I swear, this is how long ago it was. And I get a phone call. Hey, man, do you want to take a ride with us up to PA? You get a chance to make some money. And I'm really struggling for money. So without question, without hesitation, absolutely. Get in the van. Uh, after I get off, now this is like midnight. They explain to me like, oh, we just want you to drive us up here, drop us off. And what they're essentially, I'm not incriminating myself. I've already been charged for all this. Yeah, I've already did nice. time for all this. So, yeah. Um, this is how fucked up though. You're going to hear how the, the judicial system is and the criminal system is. So drive these guys up there. They're breaking into self-storage units. Okay. Um, so no people are living in there, anything like that. I'm like, okay. I mean, I don't really see any harm. We're not hurting anybody. I mean, we're stealing, stealing at the end of the day, but I'm like, I, I just always told myself I'd never break into somebody's house or anything like that. I just no. So, um, I ride up with them the first night. They kind of scope out, show me where we're going to do this stuff. And I'm like, okay, I go out with them on a second occasion. And um, they do two storage units in one night. And then I go back with them the next night because it went off without a hitch. I would literally drive them up, drop them off. They cut a hole in the side of the fence. And they would literally just pick random lockers and cut them open and then bring all the stuff to the fence. And then I pull back. They call me. I pull back up with the van and they'd load the stuff in there. Um, we drive back to Baltimore and then they they had people that they sold it to. And of course I got like pennies on the dollar, dude. Naturally. Like the first time I went, they gave me 200 bucks. Okay. I mean, I don't talk. We had a, a 40 Kanu line, 350 work van, like big van. Oh, loaded wow. Up in the back. Yeah. I mean, dude, they stole. So well, then I go out with them the second time and they tell me like, Hey, you're going to park up here. And then we'll call you the same way. There's a car wash to show me. Boom, boom, boom. I'm sitting at this car wash and not even 15 minutes later, I get surrounded by uh, regional Pennsylvania, regional and Pennsylvania state troopers. Um, I got a t-shirt on sweatpants. This is December. Um, they get, make me get out of the car. It's snowing, mind you. Oh, not surprised. I am fucking shaking. Cause it's cold. They're telling me I'm shaking. Cause I'm nervous. I'm like, whatever, dude. Um, what are you doing here? I come up with the story that I drove two buddies up to meet these girls, dropped them off. I was heading up to my cousin's house in Glenrock, but I got lost. Nice. Right. So that's why I pulled over into the thing. They didn't believe me. And the reason they didn't believe me is because they, when I say they, the two guys that I had been doing this with the past two, uh, two days had been doing this for like a year prior. Oh, <laughs> So they've been building a case against these guys. And I only find out all of this after, cause I get arrested 
And the reason I get arrested right there is because they, when they cut into the fence, the cops were already there waiting for them. <laughs> I had, I, when I have my discovery, you get a Fuck. discovery. Okay. So when you catch charges pup, right. And you get, you know, um, you're not getting indicted because it's not federal. But when you get charges brought against you, you can ask for your discovery. And your discovery is, and this is after charges are brought against you, you know, you're waiting for a court date and all that. Typically, you can get it at your pretrial conference. Pretrial is prior. A lot of times they'll offer you a deal or your attorney will try and make a deal, you know, or whatever, whatever. Or you at least have the evidence presented to you. So your discovery is everything, everything that they had building the case, all the evidence they have against you, what they're going to charge you with, so on and so forth. Well, this is where I see pictures. They literally had pictures of them driving up from Baltimore, coming through. Uh, they had like camera checkpoint you know, points here. Yeah. So they, they've been building a case against these guys for months, right? They got caught. The one dude, Larry, got away drops his phone as he's running from the cops. Now, mind you, this is when I'm sitting up at the car wash. The dude, Mike, who's no longer with us, God rest his soul, gets caught. He tells them my full name and where I'm at in his van. Okay. I have this in my discovery. All right. So they come up and lock me up. Larry gets away to 83, somehow manages to get a phone call off and his brother picks him up. Now we get grilled and questioned. Okay. Mike gets grilled first. I get grilled second. And then they take us to York County prison. Now, when they grilled me, I'll tell you straight up, bro. Cause they'd already said like, you know, the cops will usually try to pin one against your boy oh, yeah. told on you. Well, I already knew that my boy told on me because how the fuck did they know where I was sitting exactly at? Exactly where you van? were. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> brother, come on. So I told the cops, look, this is the second time I've been up with. And I just said, Mike and Larry straight up. People could be like, you snitched on your boys, whatever. Listen, bro. You say whatever the fuck you want. Cause I told him I, this is the second time I've been up here. I'm done with this. Like I got a fucking drug problem. I was on the methadone program at this time, still shooting heroin at this time. Pop. I was just like, I'm done. I, I like, no, I'm not trying to play this. I didn't have money for an attorney. I just wanted my hands to be done. Yeah. And I told, I said, look, I did. I drove up here with them yesterday and today. We scoped, I said, we scoped it out yesterday, and this is the second time I've been up, you know, and then you guys pop me, get Mike. Larry winds up getting charged as well. Well, this, well, I'm sorry, I fast-tracked a little bit. When they transferred us from the state troopers barracks to York County Prison, right, you get put into a holding cell. And you're waiting to get processed in. You got to take your pictures. You got to get, you know, a TB test. You got to do all this shit, right? You get your wristband. I fall asleep in the holding cell because it's like 4 or 5 a.m. I wake up at like 8.30 a.m. and Mike is gone out of the cell. And I asked the guys in the cell, I was like, what happened to him? Oh, he posted bail. So they had already bailed him out and left me sit. <laughs> so I sit for like 40 or 50 days. I forget the time frame. I go to court. I get released on supervised bail. I go back to Baltimore. And I start getting high. Supposed to be coming up there, you know, doing drug tests and stuff like that. And I'm fucking missing them, this and that. Um, And then they violate me and lock me back up. And I have to sit in jail again until I, I can't remember if I, 
I got released to a recovery house after like nine months or something like that, right? Okay. Um, I'm on what's called uh, county intermediate punishment. It's called CIP program. And the way that this is laid out, you're supposed to do, they break it down, whatever your sentence is, you do a percentage of time in an, in an institution. So like a jail, you do a percentage of a time in like a recovery house. And then you're on like parole proba or probation for the tail end. And, you know, if you do all of this, then, you know, none of this stuff is on your record. It gets wiped off completely. Okay. If you screw up in any way, shape or form, they can take all of your time and resentence you. Well, what do you think I did? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not using it this time. I wasn't getting high, but I was drinking. Mm, okay. And I didn't know that these urinalysis, they were testing for alcohol. So that I go into my POs. Yeah, I go into my POs office one day and he slaps this paper down with like 25 or 26 dirty urines for alcohol and tells me that the county is done with me. They're going to resentence me and they're going to hand me over to the state. Now, mind you, this day when he tells me this, I had like 770 some days of time served already in a uh, in York County uh, penitentiary is what they call it. It's YCP county jail i had set so that's over two years yeah so i had to go to uh go back be held in ycp i get sentenced they sentenced me to a sip state intermediate punishment and i'm in the courtroom refusing it no i don't want that i just had a cip and look what happened to me you guys what this is how the criminal system works pup they are farming people dude they oh, yeah. are it don't, and I'm being serious. It don't matter who you are. If you come from, if they can get you with a charge, man, and they can keep you in the system, you're a dollar, you're a dollar sign at that point. Yeah. You're a dollar sign. Right. So I get sent up. I have to refuse the SIP program. Okay. So I get processed and all, I got to go up to camp Hill. Then I get sent back from camp Hill back down to York County. I had to sit for two months. I get resentenced. Now the day I go in to get sentenced, I had an attorney. I'm supposed to get released that day to a recovery house. Probation had agreed, you know, he's done enough time. You know, I'd had almost two and a half years at this point. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like two years, like two months time served. And we had a senior judge sitting in from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. It was not the judge I was supposed to go before. And his nickname is C. Murda. Sick. And he tried to throw the fucking book at me. And what that means is he tried to give me every bit of time that he could give me. Yep. Meaning when you get charged, I had all of my charges put were conspiracy, conspiracy to commit burglary, conspiracy to commit theft, conspiracy to theft by unlawful taken. Like all of this stuff was all conspiracy. It all carried the same weight as if I actually committed the crime myself, which is ridiculous. It's insane. So he wants to sentence me to the maximum statute that you can on each individual charge, right? Now, my mom and my dad are in the courtroom at this point. He's talking about giving me 109 years. What? Right? I knew. I mean, I was kind of like, I was scared, but I knew he could legally, if he tried to give me that, I would appeal it and it would get thrown out. Um, but yeah, he was like, you know, I could give you this amount of time and da, 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 and so on and so forth. And I'm just like, okay. So ultimately he sentences me to two to four years 
to run because I had these cases. They combined a lot of stuff. I had two cases. I got sentenced to two to four years on these, which I had time served already. And then I, he gave me, because he's a douchebag, a two and a half to five years. So he did that so that I would have to go back upstate. And then he gave me a program. So I had to go back upstate. I'd already got my number after that. Now that's me waiting like two weeks after I get sentenced. I go back upstate. Now this is all in 2016 when I finally get resentenced, right? To finish my time. Um, I go up. This is what I'm talking about. I kept my nose down. I didn't get into any trouble. I got right into my program. I did my program, which was four months long. And two weeks after I finished my program, I got called up to parole board. And that, that's essentially to come up to question you, you know, look at your your history as an inmate. You know, if you finished your programs, if you have any write ups or anything like that. And I got lucky before parole board and I got my green sheet, which is your release paper, like literally 10 days after I saw parole. Nice. Um, I got released on uh, Mother's Day, which was the Sunday. 2017 and i remember it because my mom and my dad were there to pick me up i was incarcerated up in laurel highlands which is somerset county um which is about three hours from pittsburgh okay. it's like southeast of pittsburgh right um i was in york where i was living currently and like that's what they do too they send you as far away as possible from your family essentially and oh, yeah. my family's in baltimore so it was like, you know, I forget. It was like five hour drive for them to come up and see me. And then they came up and got me. And legitimately from that point forward, I've literally turned my life around. I, um, I, my, my one co-defendant passed away through all of that. And this is how crazy the criminal system is. So when this was all said and done, I had to pay, I think the total was like twenty three, twenty four thousand $24,000 in restitution. Now, mind you, this this was, I got charged with everything that they had done prior. So I had to pay. A no well, way. When now I cashed out an IRA that my parents had been, I, this is how conniving I was when I was getting high. I found out I had an IRA and it had a quite a bit of money in it, cashed it out, didn't pay taxes on it. But I did, however, pay like 10 grand towards my restitution. Yeah. So I had paid it down drastically. Well, <laughs> When this guy passed away, the it's called joint and several liability. I inherited his restitution. Bro. So it went back up. I'm like, I've been paying it down, but I give him a hundred bucks a month. Yeah, I give him a hundred dollars a month. Um I hate and legal I'm still, system. It's terrible. It's terrible. But that literally, I mean, and there's some people that had it so much worse off to me, obviously, but um, I just saw a lot of crazy shit when I was locked up, man. Like I mean, I just didn't want to be a repeat offender, man. And I had a lot of these old heads that talked to me and they were like, dude, you don't want to be me in 30 years. Yeah. So and that just resonated with me. Yeah. What besides that? What? Because I, I, there's still a couple questions I have going back, but since yeah. we're still here, what was it about this time? Like, why this time? Because how many times have you been oh, in and out of the system? Um, whether it be a, a center, whether it be so, actually locked up, like what probably, changed? I mean, in it, this to put to put it in retrospect, I mean, I had my son through this. I left that out. So when I was in mm. York, when I was in York, I met a girl that was in recovery. Um, she, you know, it was just a thing of recovery. Everybody's hooking up with everybody, right? Yeah. For the most part, I'm just being keeping it a buck. Wind up 
meeting this girl. She got pregnant, told me it was mine. Um, this is right when I got sentenced by from the county when he said, hey, we're locking you back up. Um, she moved back to Scranton, Pennsylvania before I even got locked up. Kind of told me she was pregnant, stayed for four or five weeks, and then boom, left and went back with her mom. Kind of just ran. Okay. Now, while all this is going on, I was, when I was in jail, I have reached out to an attorney. Remember, I told you I cashed out this IRA. Yep. So I had money while I was locked up. Reached out to an attorney. I paid for a furlough to drive up to Scranton, Pennsylvania when my child was born. Now, unfortunately, my son was born on a Sunday. He was born February 3rd. And the way it works is that even if you have a furlough, it's only Mondays through Fridays. Oh, so I had to sucks. wait. I had to wait until Monday at 7 a.m. and the paperwork still hadn't cleared. I had to wait until almost 10 a.m. to leave. It was about a three-hour drive up to Scranton. Stayed there with my son for probably like five or six hours. I, you know, it's my first child. I knew nothing. Coming from work release, all I want to do is hold my son and be with my son, right? Yeah. I'm not thinking about signing a birth certificate, asking any of these questions, right? So when I leave, I later find out that my name wasn't on the birth certificate. The, the name that we agreed on, you know, my son's name was supposed to be Colton Thomas Wareheim. Thomas is a family name. His name, he does not have my middle name or my last name. And that's the only reason I share his full name because it's not like somebody can look up. Oh, Colton yeah. You're so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did not give him my middle or last name. So um, when the reason I share that is like even my son being born wasn't enough at that point. I've yeah. at this point in, at this point, I've overdosed three times. OK. And two of those times have been brought back with Narcan. Um, the third time I just truly believe it was, uh, some, whoever looking out for me or whatever yeah. looking out for me. Right. Um, none of that worked, you know, my parents, jails, institutions, deaths, all the stuff you hear in like AA and NA and all that stuff. I'd been in multiple, I've been in, um, the Baltimore rescue mission. I've been in Hagerstown rescue mission. I've been in Frederick rescue mission. I'm talking living in places with bed bugs, living under bridges. None of that stuff worked. I still, to this day, I, whether, whatever you believe in, you call it divine intervention, your aha moment. I honestly, when I came home, man, one, what really, I feel like laid the foundation, I guess, was just something changed. I can't put a word on it. I can't yeah. say what it was, but when I was in there and I had to go to state prison and I saw pedophiles, man, and like, they were making these pet, which is sickening in and of itself. But like the inmates were literally like starving these dudes, making them drink out of toilets, like just like beating the shit, like just really cruddy, crazy shit going on. And, and I was like, I just don't want this to be a part of my life anymore. Yeah. And I was a gifted athlete growing up. I've, you know, my entire life, people telling me how much love I have to give. And like, you have so much to give this world. I feel like when you're isolated even though I was in a, a penitentiary with, you know, however many thousand guys, when you're isolated from the rest of the world and the rest of the world is moving on without you, seriously, because everybody's lives are going on without you, whether they are thinking about you daily, their oh, lives yeah. are going on. You are alone in there. And I just didn't want, you know, feeling alone is one of the worst feelings ever. Yeah. I mean, to, to totally not be able to go to the bathroom when I want to eat what I want to go see Frank just go like I, I'd like go for a walk to, to touch grass yeah. yeah use our time to just go touch some grass I, I I was only allowed to do that when I you know they told me I could do it that was a big thing my son being taken from me 
Um, and you know, my mom, after they said they were done making my dad drive her, cause my mom doesn't have a driver's license. She never has. My no way. 66. She's 66 pop. And she's never had a driver's license. Why? she's just my mom it's just like where we grew up man it's old school my mom was like we could walk everywhere where my mom worked she worked in the neighborhood she could walk um and <laughs> then awesome. when her her and my dad got together at 19 my dad was kind of quote unquote her chauffeur you know what i mean my dad just drove everywhere my mom's dad was a truck driver my dad's dad drove a lot so it was like my dad just always drove everywhere and she just she just had a very big fear. She did have her learner's permit. And I remember That's my dad trying to teach her to drive and she just like panicked so much. Um, But yeah, none of that stuff worked, man. I just it was I, I had all of these feelings going inside of me. And I think it was from me finally abstaining because I was a heroin addict for so long. And if you know anything, at least scientifically, that I've been presented like, say you use heroin for 10 years, right? It can physically take your body 10 years to heal completely in terms of your receptors, like joints. Because you did, like me being on methadone, that literally destroys your joints. It eats your joints up from the inside out. My dad, a friend of his, he was on it for 40 years. He had to have two, two knee replacements because of it. Jeez. Um, yeah, so like just going through all the like culmination of things and me being so clear headed for that long of time without any substances, no alcohol or anything and and seeing my mom and my sister when she was pregnant with my nephew coming to visit me, you know, I just knew that I had a purpose. And when I came home and I met my now wife, I met Blanca um, in August of 2017 and I came home Mother's Day. And nice. I truly believe she and I were put in each other's place at that point in time because she's had a very rough past, nothing with drugs or anything, just with a prior marriage and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, That we were, we truly believe, like, if I read you my vows, man, like, I read her and my vows that her and I both believe that we have been part of a soul family. Nice. And that her and I have been soulmates for past lives. Um, and it took us a lot longer to find each other this time. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and we both had other children prior and I'm super freaking blessed for Delilah. My daughter, you know, Blanca and Delilah, I think were, were two of the main things that really saved my life. Um, I think that was like, I guess the easiest term is like the icing on the cake or it was the reaffirmation in my life that I needed at that time that like everything's going to be okay. You still got yeah. a, a really a long, hard, bumpy road to you ahead of you. But like that freaking mountain that you just climbed, like we're not going to have to do that again. Yeah. We have to do something like that, but you don't have um, to do it alone. Yeah. And that yeah. was the biggest thing. Like I said, being alone was tough. And um, she pushed me. Now, at this point in time, this is 2017. Um, I had abstained from gaming for a long time. Gaming was has always been a part of my life since I've been a little kid. Super Nintendo, Atari were in my house. Nice. Um, or I'm sorry, Nintendo and Atari, then Super Nintendo were in my house. Sega Genesis. So using drugs and all, I abstained completely. COD, I didn't play. The last COD I played during my use was Modern Warfare 2. So okay. Was that like 2000, 
nine probably nine, around there yeah right around that time is the last time i really gamed so when i came home and her and i got together she was my wife was really big into league of legends um she loves zelda like she's got the triforce tattooed on her like nice. she's huge and all that she kind of pushed me to get back into gaming and then when i found like this is like right around the birth of facebook gaming <laughs> um i found all of you guys i mean you promise uh grandma uh audio uh y8 well now liam um yeah like so many uh picnic like so many creators that i found that like got my passion back for gaming and at that point in time i was going in to start up my vape shop and and the reason i went into a vape shop is because when in between me getting resentenced and all i was working at a vape shop and it really helped me abstain from heroin and the reason was one of my big triggers right when i used heroin i would pull my filters out of my cigarette and i would use the filter to as the cotton to siphon my heroin okay so that was a big trigger for me lighting up cigarettes and like biting i would bite the cotton on the end of my cigarette so vaping really helped me get away from cigarettes nice which really i i believe was a really big contributing factor as well in helping getting me clean um and i just was very passionate about it i've always been a people person and i could i was like always the top sales guy at the vape shop wind up being the manager and i was actually going to be their wholesale accounts manager because they had started a vape comp like a juice supply company and that's when i got sentenced to go upstate <laughs> So when I came home, I was, I started vaping again because I was smoking and chewing when I was incarcerated and, um, I just had a passion for it. Still went back to work for that guy. We were going to franchise one of his stores in Maryland. This is right around the time of COVID, like right before COVID got announced. Okay. Um, but he kind of backed out on us and we went for it. I was blessed. My dad was like, stepped up and was like, Hey, you know, I'll, I'll invest a little bit of money in this. Um, you know, I had had everything. I had the location. I had my distributor set up. Like, everything was ready to rock and roll. Um, so in 2000, July of 2018, we had our articles of organization. December of 18, I did my soft opening. January, we did our, like, you know, hard opening. We were and this December will be five years I've been in business. Nice. Uh, I mean, I made it through COVID. We did not, I didn't get any of the PPP loans or any of that stuff. I mean, we made it through on our own. I mean, we're, I'm very transparent and honest. I mean, I'm in debt. I mean, a, the business is in a lot of debt. Um, it's, no, it's nothing that we can't recover from. Yeah. But at least I know I didn't take all this money from the government because a lot of people, man, took these PPP loans and it was in, uh, like, if you didn't pay it back, it's like high interest. Oh, yeah. I don't know, with the APR. So, yeah, we, I mean, I've been super blessed, man, with the vape industry and my, my wife is my business partner. Nice. Um, dude, I've had so many blessings. And then just when I started content creating right around when I found a lot of you guys on Facebook um, and this has been another huge pillar in my life because even when I'm not creating content, I'm in streams like yours, so many other people's right. And there it's the community, man. And that's why I appreciate you guys so much because of the communities that you've built. And that's helped me shape and build 
my community yeah with like really welcoming loving people um and i'm just super blessed and that's why i'm like when kick when they announced kick i like oh my god i ran over here i did february i was over here in february signed up ready to go and i started i i thought what what better of a time than your four-year anniversary on facebook to start streaming on kick yeah and i did march 13th i came over here and it has been such a blessing um and i've got to build relationships with people like yourself people that i've looked up to and kind of emulated a little bit and tried to um in terms of like how i conduct myself on stream or like how i go about creating content and it's just opened a lot of doors for me over here and it's not something i ugh, i'm trying to figure out how i can word it um I didn't come over here with the intentions of like, oh, this is going to be my chance, right? To like get in with these creators because that's never been my um, my goal. I don't even want to say my motive because I don't have motives. I don't know. I just feel like such a bad word. But I feel like Kick has allowed me to really um, show my true self to a lot of creators that I've looked up to for a long time. And I've been able to be a part of your guys' communities now um, and really come in and hang out and learn still. And you guys are just, there's been so many really accepting people. Um, I say you for one, but like Testy, I've, yep. I had never even, I'd never even heard of Testy. Really? Just being honest, because, well, I was never on Twitch, Pop. I, I didn't I mean, I have a do it. Yeah, I mean, I have a Twitch, but it was just to go show support to people. You know, that's just who I am. I would literally only go on Twitch to show love to people. Um, so like, I was, I felt like that was a, such a big loss. Like Big E, yep. I didn't know his story. Like Grizz is a homie, man. Like Grizz was telling me like a lot about Big E story about because he was like a videographer and like did a lot of stuff. And that's you know before he got into his YouTube and also like I just. There's uh, Jared. I had never got a chance to meet Jared. Like, and I've got to hang out with Jared and start to build a relationship with him. Um, I'm actually starting to, um, like Rudy. I yep. mean, I love Rudy to the death, dude. Like, and he's not far from me. He's in Pittsburgh, and like Ryan, Ryan, well, Thundercat, um, yeah, was in stream earlier and was like, dude, like Rudy actually went back and watched your your shit on stream, like of my hit, like that kind of stuff, man just makes me feel really good having you guys host your communities out to me. I, and it, regardless if it's 10 viewers or a hundred and thousand viewers, yeah. it just makes me so grateful because people know that I'm building, at least me as a person, I'm genuine and that, you know, I'm very grateful for every blessing that comes my way. And that if like, Hey, I am, cause you are doing a big thing by trusting another creator with your community. You know, oh, of course, uh, I'm just I'm a firm believer in that. And it's like, you know, I'm not just going to host out to anyone. So to start to see um, these blessings unfold, small and large, just goes to show like not even just me as a content creator, just me as a human being, you know, starting to live to my full potential and just, you know, shed all that baggage that I had because I don't have to carry it anymore. Nobody has to carry any of their old baggage. Yeah. You know, we, I feel like we as human beings, 
just drown ourselves in it and we're so hard on ourselves. And like, at least me, I know me. I am my wor own worst enemy, my own worst critic. And I could have a hundred people telling me, you're doing so well, like, keep your chin up, like, your growth, you know, and I'm just using content creation, like, my growth has been crazy, at least for me compared to Facebook. And I can still find a hundred, a hundred people could be telling me this, and I can still find a hundred things myself that I feel like I'm not doing enough of or to nitpick it myself, you know, essentially. Um, but I'm growing, I'm learning. I told my wife this the other day, man. I heard it in a, a UK grime song. Nice. Yeah. And he's, I think it was Fredo is the, and he's essentially talking about this dude's like a known drug dealer or whatever, you know, from like South side of London. I forget who it was. It was either Fredo or central Sierra. And essentially the one line from the song is I'm still learning how to love myself. Yeah. And I try to, my wife luckily is very receptive. Um, and she's like so open. And I just explained to her, I was like, you got to understand that. Yes, I'm going to be 36 this year. I said, but those 10 years of me using heavily, and this isn't me trying to use it as a crutch or anything of that sort. It's just me just trying to present the facts to you so that you know why I act so immature sometimes yeah. or why I act like, you know, act the way I do because for 10 years, I didn't love myself. I was just, the only thing I loved was that, that, escape because that's yep. all it was when i was using um because i didn't want to feel the pain i didn't want to you know whatever was going on in my life so to be able to finally start to love myself um it's i mean that's a i have to work on that daily i was gonna say what are what are your tools to do that what have you what have you tried to implement what are some things you try and do on a daily weekly monthly whatever basis to come to combat that not enoughness. I'm going to be very honest. I am very, at least recently, I have been very, very uh, lacking in that. And, and that's why I am suffering a little bit mentally and emotionally recently. Yeah. Um, but when I have, and these are things I'm still trying to learn just because it's still very new to me. Um, my wife and I have talked recently, like, I need to go back to the gym. That is something that I feel like is not only for physical health, but, like, I remember just going, just even doing light lifting. I don't have to go do crazy squats, you know, deadlift presses or anything like that. But you're releasing those endorphins, dude. Oh, yeah. You know, that that makes you feel good. And, and you know, that's a big thing that I've neglected, eating better. I mean, these are all things that I'm at least I, I recognize them and I know I need to be better about. Yeah. Um, but I've been very lacking and I've seen myself suffer in terms of like mental and emotional health from that. Um, the other thing that I have been at least staying with, I don't do it as much, but it's again, it was just a big change for me is really talking to my wife about this stuff. Nice, man. Like it, I'm blessed to have a partner to share this with you know, to share, but we, we both share our burdens with each other. I mean, that's what a partnership is supposed to be about, you know? Um, and there's just days where I might not be able to give even like, I'll tell her, like, 
I can't even give, and I heard this recently and I just, it felt so good. I'm like, babe, I'm like not even like 50% there today. And, you know, with recently, you know, me losing my grandmother, for instance, that took a lot out of me, even though we haven't been as close recently. Um, but it was crazy because I woke up to that news Saturday morning from to a text from my dad and, um, I was kind of numb, didn't cry. And then it kind of hit me a little bit and I woke my wife up and she's like, Oh my God, you know, and she's consoling me. And I just, it took me a while. Like I didn't stream or anything Saturday. And then Sunday, I feel like it hit me, hit me a little more. And then just trying to process, you know, it's just very hard for me to process death ever since I lost my oldest brother. So December yeah. will be two years. I lost my oldest brother. Yeah. Um, I did, I didn't even go, my brother was cremated. I have his ashes behind me, but, um, I didn't get a chance. Not, I'm going to say I didn't get a chance. I just didn't go. I didn't yeah. go to my brother's viewing. I just couldn't deal with it properly. Um, it it really screwed me up for quite some time when I lost my brother. So um, trying to process it with my grandmother was, I guess it helped in a sense. And it's just crazy how the universe works because I, I made a post Monday morning. I woke up and I was sitting here and I've had, I've struggled recently going live when I say I'm going to go live just because I, you know, mentally the past month or so I've been kind of out of it and I'm sitting here at my PC, much like I'm right now. Yeah. And, and my wife walks up next to me and I'm like, it's just crazy, man. I can be such a fucking asshole. She Can't walks we all? up to me. I'm serious. She walks up next to me and I just kind of look at her and I'm like, what? <laughs> no, I really did. And she's like, my if you met my wife she's like five foot two she's so petite and so small she has the biggest smile and she kind of just smiles at me she's like i think i have something that might make you make your day better and i like i was like what And i like took my headset off and i put it down and she's like come here and she goes in and she shows me a pregnancy test a, a positive pregnancy test let's go and I'm like, no freaking way, dude. And I just like, I just hugged her. I'd like pulled her so tight to me um, with everything that's going on with my son. And, you know, it's something that we're going to try and visit here soon, you know, potentially at least getting visitation so I can see my son, you know, yeah. like, it's not fair to him, regardless of how she feels about me or whatever. She's remarried, has another kid now, like, you owe it to Colton for him to know his dad. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's something we're going to revisit, but yeah, that knowing when she came in Monday, right after losing my grandmother, you know, I found out Saturday morning. I just thought that was my grandmother's, you know, blessing to us because my grandmother was bedridden. She wasn't able to come to our wedding. We were, you know, we just got married in April. Um, so I felt like, it was crazy. I talked to my dad the night prior and he said, you know, your grandmother was just sitting there with her. Cause she didn't open her eyes. Like the last like day she was with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad said like, 
right before she passed, she was sitting there with her eyes closed, like giggling and laughing. And she was talking to my brother whom she was never like uber close with my oldest brother, Chuck and my grandfather. Mm. And it's just like to know that she was laughing in her last moments and giggling. Like I am just beyond and to know that my brother was there, you know, like that gives me hope. Cause like, I could see, and the reason I say that, everybody has their view of the afterlife, right? I respect yeah. everybody's view of the afterlife. But I truly believe, like I said, my wife, we've met in past lives. I believe that we reincarnate in different forms, in different lives, but we have a soul family, right? Yeah. And even though my grandmother and my oldest brother, because my two oldest brothers, they're my half brothers, um, you know, it's not her biological grandsons. They just weren't as close. And to know that like my brother Chuck, because my dad would be sitting there and, and she called my, um, I forget the nickname she had for my dad when he was a kid, but she wouldn't even call him my dad by his name, you know, Mark or whatever, or like a few months ago where she would maybe call my dad by his youngest brother's name. You know, she would just get the brothers mixed up or something like that. No, she wasn't. She didn't know anyone. Her dementia was so bad. Wow. Um, her cancer was spreading. And for her to, my grandfather, Guzzi, is what they called him. His name was Vernon, but his nickname was Guzzi. <laughs> um, and to hear her, like, it just, and then to get that news Monday morning, I knew, you know, regardless of all the fucked up stuff that goes on in this world on a daily basis and all the hate and all the just shit that there is so much beautiful that happens on a daily basis oh, yeah. that we get like we don't get to see man because anything that anything that's ever shown is just the negative anymore you know and so to have something that beautiful happen to me after so much like pain just gives me hope for this world and just the people, you know, it was just a beautiful thing. I get to be a dad again, not to just my kitties. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I mean, I love my cast to death, man. I'm such a big animal person. Um, but it is, it's just been a blessing, man. I've, I've so many things have came to fruition. Um, being able to do this with you today, um, cause I've only ever, I think I've only ever done anything like podcast. I mean, I've done a few like small podcast things here and there, but, um, never really got to fully like tell my story. Yeah. Aside from like an AA room. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's seriously, I've never really, I mean, I've shared it, you know, bits and pieces, you know, a couple, you know, I might surmise a couple things that, you know, really condense it up, you know, Hey, yeah, I was a drug addict for 10 years, you know, boom, boom, boom. And I'm clean now. Um, but never really got to share my story or had someone that was really interested, you know, to really know about me and, and, you know, what got me where I am today. Um, yeah. cause I truly believe, I mean, I know, like I said, for my mom and all, I have a big heart and I can, you know, I give you the shirt off my back. I don't care who it is. I yeah. just, I don't, if I see somebody struggling, you know, usually I, I, I try to help, um, but to have gone through all of that, um, 
I just tell people, man, I'm like, I, that is one thing I would never wish on my worst enemy. Seriously. Yeah. I would never wish a, a substance abuse problem on anyone because, oh, it, I feel like I hate talking about it, but I feel like it's almost up there with like suicide because when it, when it happens, cause you were, I almost committed suicide with my addiction, right? You, the ripple effect of the, of your addiction or your substance abuse is so much. I feel closely related to suicide. I know it's mm. a very sensitive subject. I hate to use yeah. that correlation, but I, sometimes I like, sometimes I try to use it because it's so severe. Um, that people and I didn't realize with my drug addiction, like for instance, when I got incarcerated or I got locked up, my picture was all over the news here in PA with my first and last name. I didn't realize like I wow. have family in I have family in Pennsylvania. I have family in Maryland that have the same last name. Like, you know, you don't think of, well, that does look bad on them, you know not saying that image is everything, but when you have a very, I mean, my family's very well known and just very good, wholesome people. Yeah. And I was like the black sheep, you know, you're like, it's kind of like them things. You're like, Holy heck, you know, I didn't. So it, it was like the ripple effect. And I feel like that kind of goes back I, as I got clean and, and having my partner and all over the past couple of years and building my business and going through all the struggles of that and the struggles of wanting to give up creating content. Um, you know, like I said, there was just something. Um, whatever you believe in that has just fueled me and has kept me present on this planet. Um, and I truly believe I still don't know what it is that I'm set to do here on this earth. I mean, I feel like, you know, what I'm doing now um, is a big part of it, creating content. Yeah. Excuse me and trying to like help people or give people a safe space to whether it's my community or if i'm not live people know that i am you know um aligning myself with people that are going to create a safe space as well yeah um i just i just can't believe how many blessings i have had and how good things have gotten even with all the darkness going on right now, like I say, I just can't keep yeah. stressing that enough. I, I feel like I'm like a broken record right now, but it's really been a blessing. Um, what do you feel about, as you had mentioned, and there's still some stuff I want to go back on, but what have you felt about kick and your streaming and creating content here? What has been different? Because it, it made it seem as though while you were creating content and you were achieving success to your own um, standards, if you will, it seems as though since switching to kick more opportunities, there's been more connections formed. What, is there anything that you can attribute that to or pinpoint as to that increased success, that increased community building? To be honest, I, um, it was a few things. I will be very honest. Um, when I started creating content on Facebook, I kind of just aligned myself with whoever would accept me at that point in time. I nice. was more of a loner at that point in time. <clears throat> I I learned not so quickly that those people that I aligned myself with did not have my best interest at heart. Yeah. 
even though I had their best interest at heart. And that I kept that. Uh, I mean, I built a lot of good relationships and it's crazy to see because there's only a few of them that have merged over here to kick that I still consider very close friends. And that was because it took me almost four years to realize that those people that I aligned myself with were not good people. Yeah. Uh, not all of them. And I started to hear more like uh, people talking that like you need to have people in your corner. Yes. That are going to help you grow and that you guys can grow together. Yeah. You know, you need to find like-minded people. And, and that was the thing I was like, people weren't trying to grow the same as me. You know, they were either lazy or lackluster with it. Whereas I was, like full fledged wanting to go forward. And, and I felt like that pulled me back a little bit, but when I came over here to kick, I made a promise to myself that yes, I would still, Hey, I'll follow you, you know, friends from Facebook and all, but I'm not going to support you and try to grow with you. Like I was on Facebook because it did nothing. Yeah. Um, did you have those conversations? I did with I did with a few people I did and some people I just cut off completely and and some of it were other circumstances I mean people just trying to cause drama that was a big thing that I was never I'm not a drama person never been involved in drama but it just always seemed like these people that I aligned myself with were always involved in drama yeah I mean every day it was you know whether they were beefing with another streamer or something that was totally not involved with them and they had to make a YouTube video about it or <laughs> they're trying you know trying to farm views they're just people yeah. that were just trying to farm and I'm like dude that's not the type of content I want to create that's not the type of community that I want to have yeah I don't want to have a community full of trolls like I want a community and that's what started to change really when I came over here, those, I feel like my, um, I mean, I've always had good morals, ethics and all, but I feel like my streamer etiquette and, and the people I chose to surround myself with, um, just changed completely. Um, I did start to find some other creators that were size wise. I'll say were very similar to me that were, cause when I came over here, or before I came over short form and all that very much non-existent. Yeah. And that was all on me. That was all growth that I could have had that I didn't, that I didn't do. So when I came over here, I was like, all right, Chad, people were giving you the sauce, like the ingredients to the sauce, bro. Like too many people are given the ingredients, like not saying you got to make the recipe the same, but take them base ingredients, throw a couple of your own in and run with it. And it's done very well for me. Like, I have always been a big person in terms of like, um, I guess I'm very generous. Yeah. Yeah. I don't go into people's streams and gift in hopes that they're going to be like, Oh fuck, let's go support him or send their community over. No, I do it because people are deserving of it. And I feel good when I gift to people. Yeah. It just, this is not, and I, that's just a selfish thing for me. I guess I, I like to feel good and me giving to people and making their day a little better, or maybe taking some financial strain off of them, or maybe it's incentivizing other people in the community that typically might not gift to gift to this person yeah. because, you know, they see the genuineness and I'm just using you cause we're in here or other people that I give to that are uber genuine versus I learned very quickly 
people that wouldn't even speak to me in their stream unless I gifted. Really? Yeah. I mean, dude, people that started getting very, very big. I'm talking guys on Facebook that I remember pup that were, I went in watching them when they had like 20, 30 CCV. Right. And then they get partnered and you know, we're, I'm talking like a year later, maybe 18 months later, and they've got 150,000 followers and they're sitting at like 500 CCV regularly coming in like i do with you hey what's up how are we doing today i mean i get it to him a content creator if we're locked in it might take a minute or two yeah. but we're gonna go over and we're gonna we're gonna acknowledge you you know and if we miss it it's not intentional but i'm talking you know what i mean like multiple comments just looking over it, and then boom i send a thousand stars hey brother what's up oh what's up chad how we doing <laughs> you know and i'm like just the fake yeah. so when i came over here i just I had so many different mindsets. Um, I told myself, you're very much capable. I'm a, I'm a technical idiot. <laughs> nice. I, I mean, I'm, just, I'm serious. I, I have to have, I need help all the time when it comes to XLR, when it comes to scenes and overlays and stuff like that. Because aside from me taking C++ in high school in 2004, the extent of my computer knowledge is sending and receiving emails and facebook yep literally i mean that was it and some instagram you know i've never really had to do anything so um when i came over i was like i'm gonna try and learn or if people were willing even if i have to pay for it like for instance art art is war yeah yeah jesse's an amazing human being i actually have his stream pc that i bought through stints because he's partner with stints and i paid even though i had an hour consult i paid 15 more bucks and got another 30 minutes of his time because i wanted to pick his brain and i wanted to learn but i didn't want it for free yeah you know i've if people are willing to give you the knowledge or the info i'm always for that especially if they're willing to give it to you for free because that's very hard to get in this world nowadays. oh yes um so and then if i do have to pay for somebody's time i'm always willing to do it because again I, I want to learn and 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 try and grow and be self-sufficient. Um, and it's just, you know, it's very hard to find those genuine creators that are more because I like using more and less established term versus yeah, like that's big and small creators. Yeah, I feel like there are and you got to look at it from both sides as well. You know, yeah, there. I'm sure there are tons of people that are looking for an angle, right? They're not genuine about reaching out for help or whatever, right? Yeah. And I can probably say that that's turned some other large or more established creators off from helping other people or maybe closing off their circle, per se, to any newcomers because they've been burnt or whatever before. But I feel like there are still a bunch of creators that even though that may have happened to them are still genuine and still, you know, willing to try and help as long as they see you're, you know, genuine and and willing to put in the work Um, and you're not, and you're not trying to just use, which is in this scene, there are very few and far between, you know, I just was like, that's the type of people that I don't want in my life anymore. I don't need them. I don't care how many followers you have you know i don't care about your community at that point i just didn't want that kind of energy in my life um and i think that a lot of that stemmed from my drug use and being involved with those same kind of people man 
I get the same energy for, I'm just using his example since we put yeah. his name out there. I get the same energy from him that I did with a lot of these like scumbaggy, like junkies. And I say junkie because I was a junkie that I used to get high with. Yeah. Like, you know, friend to your face because you guys are all getting high together. And as soon as they're out, you know, you're a piece of shit, you know, you whatever, whatever, you know, kind of shit. Just talk, talk the most dirt on you they can. Um, and I've just chose to to eliminate that from my life, man. And things, even though like you were asking me what things do I try to practice daily, even though yeah. I haven't been very good with that, I feel like just still standing my ground and keeping these negative people out of my life and trying to do the baby steps daily, you know, whether it's getting up and taking five minutes, even minimum, which I know I should take more to just meditate to myself yeah which i feel like is a huge thing for me um i feel like my day is so much better um you know um and it's like i think in doing that and starting to kind of like with that love myself some more um it's been easier to Sometimes I don't even feel like I owe people an explanation. Like you're saying, have oh, you let you some of these people yeah. know? Some of them, yeah. I was like, hey, you know, eh, eh, I'm done. Some of them, I just, it literally, I got peace from it. And yeah. I didn't even, it feels good to just be able to close that door, you know? So what, and, uh, you you set it up perfectly for me. What, because this is one I wanted to ask, what was your what were your friendships like before you had your injury and got started? Were you, were you already associating with people that necessarily didn't have your best interest? Weren't the best influences? Did you have people that tried 100%. to be, that tried to get you on the right track? And I know it's no. with, okay. So you, there was no one you had to cut out of your life necessarily because they were trying to help you no, no, improve. No, they were trying to yeah. get you out of that scene. Everybody, and this is crazy, so put this in perspective. In high school, my sophomore and junior year pop in high school, I was hanging out with dudes that were in their early 20s. Okay. So that goes to show the mindset of the people that I was running with. Yeah. For them to an accept, for them to accept like a 14, 15-year-old into their circle just goes to show they, I mean... I look back at it now and I'm sneaking out of my front window in my living room to go like three blocks away so I can pound 40s of butt ice in a basement with a <laughs> bunch of 20 something year old dudes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. those 20 something year old dudes, I mean, weren't in their mind. They're like, oh, we're not causing any heart. He's in here. If he's going to be drinking, at least he's drinking with us. You know what I mean? Yep. But. I look at it now as like, dude, you should have been telling me, no, motherfucker, you're not allowed to come in here with us. You need to be at home, dude. You need, like, because again, like these guys, these are guys that I grew up with that were friends with my older brothers that knew my potential, man. Like when I say potential, I don't fucking bro any smoke over here. I could have played professional sports. Yeah. My grandfather, my grandfather, we have the contract. My grandfather had a contract with the Baltimore Orioles to pitch. Oh, threw shit. His arm out the, yeah threw his arm out in the army i mean like i was just a very gifted athlete my swimmer uh, i was a swimmer my sister swam in the junior olympics as a swimmer and nice. she was only five foot one if my sister would have had my height she'd have been an olympic swimmer i mean trained where michael phelps trained at U umbc 
And in, um, I, yeah, dude, I mean, swimmer, I was a martial artist. I, I mean, I did jujitsu. It was a, it was a, a mesh of jujitsu, Kempo, Aikido. And then towards the end, they really started implementing a lot of, um, uh, grappling and all because we, we trained in geese. Nice. So like I, that was a big, and that's something that I'm really trying to get back into when you're asking. I, there's a spot in Baltimore's called ground control. There are very, they're a nationally accredited jujitsu gym. Okay. Um, that is something I feel is going to be, I really need to get back into because of the discipline. Um, and to just get, cause I don't, I never got frustrated or angry when I was like training, you know, on the mats and all, yeah. like if I couldn't get like a hold or a lock or something like, again, it was kind of like me telling you like how I pay, you know, pay people sometimes like, Hey, if I could take a couple minutes of your time, like, you know, set up, it was like that. Like I'd pull my instructor off. Like, Hey, can I have you for 10 or 15 minutes after yep. this? Cause I can't get this. Like, and that just drove me crazy. I'm one of them, like almost like a perfectionist and it could be, <laughs> it could be my downfall sometimes. Um, but yeah, that, that was a big thing. Like I, I had really good people in my life. And then when, like I said, when I got into high school, cause like my karate instructor was amazing. My swimming instructors were amazing. My grandfather before he passed, cause he passed in 2005. He didn't get to see me graduate, but I mean, he used to throw with me in the yard. I mean, my grand, my grandfather in his sixties, what, I mean, I throw the ball try to throw it a little hard at him and he'd wick it right back at me dude and i mean <laughs> nice. and, it, and i mean hurt my hand dude like <laughs> so like i did have those good people you know what i mean yeah i just i don't really recall when it happened that i just kind of chose that that other path i, yeah. I want to say it was like right around freshman year of high school i really feel like because I went to a high school with no other kids from that. I, so I, my, from kindergarten to eighth grade, I had the same 25 kids. We might've had like oh, a kid shit. drop out. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Might've had a kid drop out, new kid or two come in, but pretty much the same kids from K to eight. When I went to high school, no one else went to Mount St. Joe. They all either went to Curly, Calvert Hall or Loyola Blakefield. And a couple of them went to like really uppity schools, like friends or McDonough, whatever. These are like these are schools I'm talking to like 50,000 a year for Jesus. high school. That's too much. So like, yeah, I mean, McDonough, you can literally board there in high school. Oh. It's insane. Yeah. They've got like horse training there. They've got literally stables. Like, yeah, this is like Buku money school. Um, but like, I was the only kid that went to St. Joe and to put it in perspective, our tuition there at that point in time, I think was like 7,000 a year, Jeez, which is still expensive, but you know, um, and I was the only kid. So it was like, I felt very much like a loner at that point. Um, even going into high school, you know, um, I mean, I tried out for sports. I made, I made sports teams and all, but I just never really connected with people like that because to put it even more in perspective, I went to St. Joe. Most of the kids were from a certain area, which was more term. I'll use a, a term that I grew up with. We call it, we used to call them yuppies. I don't okay. Know you know that term. Not maybe say more words. I'm a city boy. I'm a city boy. Yuppies were like the county kids. You know, I wore growing up, I wore baggy jeans, Air Force Ones, tall tees, that kind of stuff, right? Okay. But 
yuppies to me were the kids in the county that were wearing like abercrombie at that time more preppy you know? okay i think we preppy, used preppy yeah, yep. yeah preppy yeah we just called them yuppies okay. uh, <laughs> but when i went to st joe and this is just i have to get in it i i started to become more of a loner because all of the other white kids man didn't dress like me didn't mm. listen to the same music as me didn't you know act like me i was already smoking weed like these kids were very well to do parents you know their parents parent or their dad their brother their grandfather all went to this school you know and their families all know each other because their legacies at this school whereas me i'm this you know hood rat white boy coming to the school and on dress down days they're all wearing freaking sperry's and you know chino shorts <laughs> yeah. and, and i'm wearing rock aware jean shorts with white air force ones and a baggy polo tee you know um I, this is how bad of influences i had growing up I got my first tattoo my sophomore year of high school, pup. I still have it on my calf muscle. It's the worst thing I've ever had in my life. I'm not surprised. <laughs> but like, <laughs> uh, I'm like, dude, you know, and I, that's another thing that I've never, you know, I feel like that's been a Zen thing for me. And I know because you have ink. Oh, yeah. Get, get, getting older and, and starting to get tattooed. That's been another big outlet for me. Really? Um, in what way? Yeah. Um, like I said, I went to Catholic schools and all, so I was raised, we'll say Roman Catholic. Um, okay. and, and I really, that didn't sit well with me. A lot of the teachings and practices and like how, you know, we'll say like tithing and just so much stuff. And what really was the icing on the cake. I was in Germany in 2005 or six, right. With my parents. And I went to go into this cathedral and it was very gothic you know and i was really interested in architecture and all at this time and i go to go into this church and they tell me it's gonna cost me five euro to get in and i said five euro i said well i'm catholic i want to i said what if i want to go do confession that'll be 10 they're like no you still got to pay to get into there that right there was like as a as a more of an adult where i learned like i fucking hate I'm making air quotes about religion. You know, oh, organized. organized religion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, or I hate it. I'm like, I, I. That's one of the only things I say about that. That's I hate ridiculous. that politics. And from that point forward, I was like, eh, and I started to now, mind you, I went to summer camp as a kid, which it was a Native American ba based camp. It was called Camp Putak. So got really one with like nature and how the Native Americans really viewed Mother Earth and so on and so forth. I had friends that practiced Buddhism and Hinduism. Um, and I really started to expand my knowledge and, and what I wanted to learn and what I really wanted to, my beliefs to center around. Yeah. And I could never really put my thumb on one really belief system. And it was crazy because I met my tattoo artist at this point in time and he really opened me up to symbolism you know, or, or I, don't, I don't know if symbolism is the right word, but yeah, uh, like what different things in terms of tattoos meant and mm. like what they carried. Cause I have mandalas tattooed on me. Nice. Um, I have lotuses and I have like, I really found out cause I've always loved owls and I didn't know why I loved owls so much. It was just always an animal that really captured me. 
And he explained to me, and that's why I have this out on my forum. And then I really started to think like, you know, what, what come and in different cultures, they mean different things, obviously. But from what I gather, what I believe in with owls is you never, owls are not a flock animal or a bird, right? They don't, you don't ever see them flying in flocks like you would, you know, goose or whatever, whatever. They're nocturnal. I've always been a nocturnal person. Um, you look at an owl, how they can swivel their head the way that they do. I think that's a part of me from being incarcerated. I always have my head like when I even when I go into a restaurant. So if you ever meet me and we go out to eat and I'm like, I don't want to sit here. Can I sit here? Oh, I'm the exact. I, I always have to face the door. I have to see everybody. And yeah. that's a big part of being incarcerated. And it's like I feel like, an, you know, an owl with their head on the swivel. Um, and then like what I found out with the mandala meant. And then I had I really started to get into sacred geometry at that point and really learn what these geometric patterns are and then you start learning about frequencies and then it's kind of funny because you go into these catholic churches right and the stained glass patterns that you see are essentially are actually sacred geometry and if you when they play music in there those frequencies and all so it's like really makes you think like well catholicism isn't what they really say they are because they've taken so much from, you know, oh, yeah. other belief systems and stuff like that. So, um, and, and so many things like, I feel like, um, another reason why tattoos have been such a big part of me. Yes. To tell my story. Um, you know, I've been through so much, you know, I have against all odds tattooed on me, um, being a drug addict. I feel like a lot of people think I didn't know that was a group, a band, Oh, I don't, I didn't know that either. I didn't either. Yeah. So people told me that was a band. And, um, and I said, no, against all odds for me was, you know, being a drug addict. Usually you don't come back from that. Yeah. My brother's, you know, proof of that. You don't usually live through that. You either end up prison for the rest of your life. You're either going to be institutionalized because a lot of people, you know, brain dead, whatever, 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 or you're dead. Yeah. Uh, And you're in and the, I don't know. It was just like getting my tattoos. Like I say, my tattoo artist is so awesome. Um, he really started to show me a lot of things because he was into those things himself. Yeah. Two total, two totally different backgrounds, but it was so crazy. And my tattoo has the cool. My tattoo artist has the coolest fucking name ever. His name is Charlie Murphy. Nice. My <laughs> nice. Um, but like such a down-to-earth person man and it was crazy and the reason i go on is because when my life started to change and i started to like i said weed these people out of my life and i really just started to constantly try to even though it's so freaking hard oh yeah most days to put out that good energy man and, and get up and have that smile on your face but when i just noticed that i try to put that like the people that were being put in my life or the at that point in time I'm like, I needed this. And and Charlie was one of those people that was put in my life at a really good point because he was put in my life in 2015. So and a little before got, you got out. Yeah. So nice. I was, you know, I was out like I'd gotten some work from him and then I got sentenced, you know, from my county. I got sentenced on that CIP to go upstate. And when I came home from upstate, um, he was up in Portland, Maine. And had just thought he was moving back down here. So like, um, not only that, like I've been following you since Facebook, you know, and, and, and 
been more active over here on kick but again that's just another thing like continuing to put out the good energy and being selfless and just being grateful every day um sometimes we do need to be selfish oh yeah but in, but not being you know selfish in the wrong ways right i feel like not being yes there we go i think it's a better self-caring and not being selfish daily and being grateful and all of these things which are very hard to do i get it it's so much easier said than done have really aligned me with the people that i need in my life and you know that they might need me in their life you know yeah. in their life at, at that point in time so it's been a true true journey i know my journey is nowhere near complete but um the i feel like the path that kick has given myself and so many other people um whether it's starting over completely you know uh, you were a huge partner on another platform or somebody like myself that invested tons of year or you know tons of hours and multiple years and this you know may be your chance to start not even say like get big or blow up but to really start to build those relationships that you yeah. didn't, weren't able to build before because i think that's a bit the biggest thing for me man is having the opportunity now to build these relationships um with people like yourself and like i said i just can only use because it's i've had a i've had a really core group of people recently that i will say i guess the best way have taken to me mm, yeah <laughs> you know what i mean and and know that i'm sincere and genuine and i just use testy for instance i mean i've been talking to him back and forth right for probably over a month in dms nice. you know not not once have i brought anything up pups about trying to do a co-stream or anything about that yeah you know because that wasn't my intentions or anything like that it was just you know a, a kind of like a support thing plus I, you know he's partnered on stake i had a couple questions that i asked him and he said hey man just shoot me a dm nice but to to see those things kind of coming to fruition or people starting to maybe open themselves up to me a little bit um I guess that's man what what I wasn't getting or not maybe not what I wasn't getting but maybe what I was missing before because my head and my heart weren't in the right place maybe when I was on Facebook I, yeah. I really can't but it's yeah I'm just super stoked for for what what has you know what is yet to come not just for me for you for so many people here on Kick man like yeah I'm so excited dude so dude, excited these hundred thousand dollar contracts like i don't know if you watched the the uh eddie they did an interview with eddie i think it was jake lucky yep, interviewed jake. him yep 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 like and eddie is just you can tell like th th this is what i'm talking about like eddie hasn't followed me or anything but he's liked a couple of my tweets nice so for him to recognize it's kind of like the real recognize real kind of thing right yeah you can just tell with him, man, that he, this isn't a fucking propaganda thing for him, or he's not just spewing some script and they're trying to mull over all this shit that they don't want you to see. Like, nah, they're literally at face value with all of us right now. And I think, I think the problem with that is because again, I've never streamed on Twitch. I can only go off of what I see, but I can go off of what, how I was treated at Facebook um i feel like people are so used to having dirt thrown in our face 
And that was even for you guys as partners, because I heard audio talking about it last night. Like if you had an issue with Facebook, Facebook had to go to, or Facebook gaming had to answer to Facebook and then Facebook had to answer to meta. And it was just like a shit show to get an answer and all. And I'm like, dude, we can literally go on to the email support at kick.com and I can have a fucking response in under 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's not computer generated. Mm-hmm. It's literally, I mean, sometimes I'll get a little typo in there. Yep. <laughs> you know, I'm like, that right there is, I feel like so refreshing, man, is the best word I can, because it makes you feel wanted and come on, let's not lie. We all want to feel wanted. You oh know? yeah. Um, Seen, heard, love. That's it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. That's, um, yeah. Sorry. I'm so long winded. When you ask Dude, me questions, I always go on these. Tangents, honestly, that's I what I love. It's, it's way easier <laughs> than, uh, it was tough. And then I'm just like, what? Can you say more fucking words, please? That would help. Luckily, we've had no situation where that's really happened. So, no, I, what? So there's two, there's two parts, as you've mentioned, adding more quality people around you. What was your process or mindset fresh out? You're not wanting to go back. You're wanting to be clean. How, how do you change your way of thinking? How do you change your way of being? How do you change how you deal with life so that when you do get out, you maintain it. Because I know for me, one of the things that gets me back to smoking weed is just the difficulty of life sometimes. It's just there's certain times where I'm good. I would like to escape, please. I don't want to just go to bed at 2 p.m. and wake up the next day. I would like to be somewhat present, but also not feel all of this. And so experiencing the loss of your brother experiencing the loss of your grandma what i guess there's there's two parts a what were you doing when you first got out to get you at a, to a place to be able to deal with these things more and then what do you currently do if those things are any different to maintain that clarity to maintain that sobriety because that's a big there's so many dif- difficulty difficult things in life that could put you potentially put you back to square one and so yeah, yeah. committing to that betterness, how does one do that? Asking for a friend. So, no, no, I'm with you 100%. <laughs> so I'll be very honest. I still fall short. I still, now in terms of, I uh, never, I can just say this. I, I don't know what it is, whether it's Blanca, whether it's Delilah, whether it's, a freaking guardian angel. I don't know if when I overdosed, if it changed a DNA marker or something in me. Yeah. I, I, at least for that, I just don't know why I will never, you could literally pop. I swear. I swear on my chill, my unborn child is coming. You could throw me in a room with 10 kilos of raw uncut heroin. And I would not fucking get the urge. I think it was just so much pain from that mm. that I will never. It was just enough pain for me. Everybody's pain is different. You know, everybody's bottom is different. Like me, I'm talking being homeless, being in, I mean, so much debt. Your mother and your father, who were your biggest fans your entire life, not even wanting you in their home. Like it was just a culmination of so many things. I feel like 
was really why I'll never go back to that. Yeah. Now, with that being said, just because I might not ever pick up heroin or everything doesn't mean I couldn't still go back to living that lifestyle, you know, that oh, mindset yeah. of just being a scumbag piece of fucking shit, right? Um, again, I think it falls back to the amount of pain that I had to endure for 10 years. Um, having my son taken away from me was a huge factor in that that I just never really vocalized, but really just ripped a huge part of my heart and i was like i need to do whatever i can to try to not fill that void but to get that piece of my heart back and i knew it was going to be a long road now daily there are still things that i fall short on in terms of like to touch on with you with cannabis yeah i can at least in my experience now i was diagnosed I've never been diagnosed with anything in terms of like depression or anything or bipolarness, but I need to see a doctor because I do believe I have something of that sort. Now I have been clinically diagnosed ADHD and I had, I mean, very, very severe ADHD. I was started on, um, Oh man, what was the real bad one before Adderall came out? Ritalin. Same thing. Ritalin. Ritalin. Yeah. Yeah, I was on Ritalin and it made me like a zombie. Right. Yep. Um, and then when they put me on Dexedrine, though, it was like a different effect on me, though. Yeah. It was like what people take it for to stay up and all. I was like speed to me. So I feel like that started me off very early with the addictive personality. Um, I've always been an addictive person. I could admit that wholeheartedly. I mean, whether it was sports or soda or I'll be very honest now, my wife, she'll just tell you sex, um, yeah. you know, so many things that just I've substituted. Well, I was very blessed. Um, I tried AA, man. NA just wasn't for me, even though I was a narcotics was my choice. Yeah. I just felt more at home at AA. Interesting. Um, I did at least where I am. And I know it's different for every demographic, you know, cause there are some people I know in different areas that'll be like, Hey man, I'm an alcoholic and I don't even want to go into AA meetings. I feel more at home in an NA meeting. Um, just where I was at, here in york i'm talking you'd be in there sharing some real ass shit and then i'm walking out from the meeting and they're out there copping dope and selling dope to each other you know what What? yeah brother yeah that's how like some of these meetings were going down and i just was like "Ah." and i never got that at aa and and the aa scene here in york was younger in a sense that i was still in my 20s you know at this point in time like late 20s and most of the people were in their late 20s early 30s and then we had some people that were in their like late 40s early 50s that were kind of like you know the senior members in aa here um but i will say this through all of that i was you know before i got sentenced and all i tried suboxone for long periods of time i got on the methadone program right Every time I was on those substances, I was still just didn't feel complete. And I still, it was hard for me to cope and deal with things. And, and when I got clean and I came home and I was on state parole, I was just daily, even though I told you when I came home, I felt so good mother's day, you know, something was just still, I felt like missing inside of me. And, and there were times where I would get these urges not to use heroin, but like just to go drink or just to say, fuck it. And I'm just going to move to another state or whatever. And I just chose, I don't know what it was. I was working at the vape shop and, and I was chilling with the one kid after day. And he's like, Hey man, you ever dabbed? 
Oh, nice. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, what the fuck is a dab, dude? And he introduced me to concentrates. And I tell you what, I took that first dab. And after I coughed up my lungs for like a minute straight, I... It was like the sense of relief that I got from heroin, but not the numbness. Yep. Like, you know what I mean? I just wasn't, I wasn't numb anymore, but I felt okay. And, and, um, I was using without permission and I wind up just growing some balls and I went to my PO and was like, look, man, if you piss test me, I'm going to test dirty for, for pot. And this is why. And I was just straight up with him. I said, I, this is the only thing really that helps me feel balanced. Yeah. And he was like, go get your medical card. And I learned really quickly though, too, that you can over medicate with cannabis. Oh yeah. You, you can hurt yourself by using, you know, strains that are higher in different terpenes and stuff. So that for me I had to do a lot of research and I've, I've stuck with now and this is what, so I, I use cannabis daily. Nice. Um, but I have found a few strains that it's, it's taken me. I've been a patient for five years on the medical America, oh, wow. uh, medical America here in PA. Yep. Since I can, well, no six, it'll be six years in November. Cause 2017, I got on. So, um, I found some strains that just work very well with me. If I do certain strains that are higher in like pinene or um, uh, what's the other one? It's not, it might be lenal low, lenal or lean. One of them is really high in like sativa strains. Okay. If I do anything that's really high in sativa strains, it, it or higher with these terpenes and which is more found in sativa strains, it can give me panic attacks. Yep. And, and yeah, dude, like, like, uh, and if anybody's experienced panic attacks, which I had never really experienced <laughs> until I got eat, it, I mean, I'm talking like, feel like I'm crawling out of my skin, yep. uh, palms sweaty. I feel like Eminem song, you know, knees shaking, like, like feel like sick to your stomach. Like you're going to vomit. Like I'm talking times where I would get these panic attacks. Like what the hell is going on with me? And I'd be, there was one time I still have the clip saved where I just pop. I went completely pale white my eyes underneath were like black and I started sweating really bad. I felt super nauseous and it was all directly related to some of these terpenes. Um, so to go with that, where I'm going with that is for me, I'm hoping one day I can possibly, I don't think I'll ever abstain completely from cannabis, but I am hoping that I can get to a day where I can maybe just very, very, very mildly medicate. Yeah. And, and be okay. And, and focus more on meditation or, you know, cause I've never tried yoga. I've had so many people tell me to try different things um, for those endorphins, for those feel good chemicals that as an addict, I, I mean, cause my dopamine levels I don't think my dopamine levels are still where they should be because yeah. of how heavily I used for how long I used. And that's a big thing too. I feel like, yes, we, with cannabis, and that's where I was going with like over, over medicating, we have an endocannabinoid system, Yep. but I noticed too, man, I started feeling very depressed 
when I was over medicating with cannabis and it was either like polar opposites. I'd either feel super depressed or I'd be on this fucking high and like, and then it was just weird though. I'd get high and then crash. Yeah. It was just very, very weird. So I've had to, I tried cutting cannabis out. Um, I vape, which is not good at all. Um, nicotine is so bad for you in the amounts, at least that I do. That's um, fair. But I feel like those two, if, if I had to give up one or the other, I would give up vaping and continue with the cannabis just because I feel like it has so much, there's really no medicinal effects from vaping, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> aside, aside from helping you, I mean, it's safer than combustible cigarettes. That's about it. Yeah. Um, whereas cannabis has so many medical benefits, man. It's just, um, I feel like because it's still, I mean, it's not new, but like medicinally and all it's, you know, the research is starting to come out now. I feel like if more places were willing to educate people and help people and, and with the right dosings and right strains of cannabis, I feel like it could help so much more people. And that's not the case for everybody because I know some people that were a heroin addict like myself, if they're using cannabis, that's going to trip them up and send them right back to running the races. You yep. know, I get that. Um, and you know this, and I'm sure everybody knows not everything that works for one person is going to work for the next. Oh no. But, um, honestly, just yes, cannabis and, I'm lucky because my wife, man, like I said, she's very cool and like laid back, but she, cause we've been together so long now, she will fucking give it back to me now. You know, times where I might've got snippy with her and maybe like barked a little bit at her, you know, she gives it back to me now. <laughs> nice. And we need that sometimes, you know, and I feel, I feel not feel bad, but I feel like some people, I just wish that for some people that they find their partner Cause we, I feel like we are all destined. We all have a partner here somewhere in this world. Yeah. You know, I really do. Again, we are not supposed to be alone, even though I feel like we're really, like I talked earlier, like I just felt really alone in jail and all we're social creatures, man. Like we are meant to socialize. Like look how bad COVID was for a lot of people for mental health and all people that never experienced any type of mental health problems. When they got cut off from the world like that, look at how many issues people started having. And that's where I feel like we just, people need to be more open, man. Like yeah. if you don't share your freaking stories, man, like, or what you've been through one, how are you helping yourself? And two, you don't know how, how many people's lives you might save. Yeah. And that's where I feel the transparency comes from me. And I feel like that's been a big balancing thing for me. Cause I just, uh, the gift, the gab um, <laughs> for me, I feel like even though I spew so much stuff out and I'm very, very wordy and talkative, I feel like I, the reason is to help people. Yeah. Um, and for people to be able to, to relate to me and, and to know that they're not alone. Um, and that's just therapy in and of itself for me, honestly. Um, and like you're asking like daily, I feel like going live is a big thing for me too, but I, and just from talking to you in chat and seeing your tweets, I know how it is, pup, sometimes where you don't even want to get up and go live. Oh yeah. It's, it's, literally, you can stop it. Get up. Sometimes. <laughs> in fact, yes, yes. No, very much. So. I mean, I literally woke up today 
only because the kitten was bothering me and I came in, I knew we had our thing, you know, and I was in here, I saw your tweet that you were done early and, you know, we chatted and I was like, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go live. I'm just going to hang out and do some spins. And I literally, I sat here with you. I was live. I went live. I didn't do anything. I didn't spin one slot. I just sat here and watched you and it took everything it had for me to go live there. Yeah. Instead of just waiting until, you know, you and I were supposed to link up for this. So it's very hard sometimes to just, like you said, even wake up. I'm glad you said that because, I mean, there's so many other, you know, um, external things outside of streaming that are going on in our lives, whether, again, it's partners, deaths in the family, financial, you know, strain, whatever it may be. Um, that sometimes it's like, I remember you said this recently, like, getting up and even putting that smile on your face to come in the stream and just try to be happy or portray that we're happy, you know? Um, but I think a big part of it, like you said, yes, we need to do self care, but sometimes I'm like, all right, Chad, you can't be selfish today. Yeah. Even though today's not the best day, I need to go live because somebody needs our stream. Yeah. You know, whether it's one person or all 50 or all 150, however many people are in your stream that day, we really don't know how many people in our communities need us that day. So, you know, and that's something we signed up for, you know, I feel like, oh, yeah, um, as a content creator. So, yeah, I, I don't think our community members know how much we need them yeah. as much as they need us sometimes, you know, that it is a two way street. Like, and I'm not, I'm totally excluding financial support from community members. Just oh yeah. That community member coming in to ask you how your day is, or the best thing for me is when they were like, when they come in and say, ah, oh, you're live. I'm so, you know, I'm so glad you're live. Like, yeah. To think back as a little kid, I mean, I'm sure some of us dreamed of like, I always thought I'd be an actor in, <laughs> I mean, you're kind of living vicariously through you, <laughs> uh, but like, to see, you know what I'm saying? And you know what it means? It's kind of gives you like a starstruckness kind of thing when people are like, hey, whoever thought I was going to be live with a camera on me and people were going to come in and watch me. Yeah. Whatever we may be doing, you know? And it's so like, it's just, I'm just so glad that we were afforded this opportunity and whoever the first person to actually think like, hey, let's do a live stream, you know? Let's Yeah, right? Stream. I am just forever grateful for that. And, and for opportunities like this to, you know, really let more people that maybe have never met me or heard anything about me to hear my story and maybe give them some hope or push them to do something that they've been like hesitant or reluctant to try, you know? Yeah. So dude, that I, this literally was why the second I rated you and you're saying, snippets of what you ended up getting to expand on. I was like, dude, I want to know. I want to, I want to hear this. I want to know all that. Cause that's, I, it's one of those, like, I, I don't want to say like, I loved hearing those stories because of course you had to go through so much in order to be able to share it. But yeah, that's, it, I'm very similar. There's certain times where I'm like, dude, I am saying so much. I feel so much, so many people know so much about me, John, you need to have some privacy with some shit. But then I realized that, no, this is, I enjoy it. It's not, yeah. not only does it selfishly help me to be able to get these things out, but 
the amount of times where you're thinking to yourself that no one, no one will understand this. No one knows what this was like. No one knows what this, what I'm feeling. And then you share some strange, obscure detail. And someone's like, oh my God, I've been feeling that exact same way. Or I was that way mm-hmm. a month ago, yesterday, whatever the hell it might be. And that's, that is what is worth it for me. Like that's, oh God, that's yeah. all just the, the ability to help someone else to maybe feel not as alone for a split second for however long I might be live or whatever, because yeah, going to on the aloneness thing, I want to say I I could be underestimating, but I want to say that it's starting to become very apparent and studies are showing that loneliness is an epidemic and literally has the same effect as smoking cigarettes, uh, 20 cigarettes a day. Like your chronic loneliness is literally killing you. Because mm-hmm. exactly what you were saying, we are not, we are, we are designed to be social creatures. Even the idea of just you and your wife taking care of this one kid, that was not what happened a few hundred years ago. It was everyone taking care of everyone's yes. family. And when you Community. didn't, ha- yeah, com- communal systems, communal mm-hmm. rearing, I want to say is what it's called. It, it's like, is, yeah. So over the last hundred years, we have grown more isolated and more lonely which is why we're fucking sadder than ever. So it's, so the ability to, like that's what ends up being the tough thing for stream with me sometimes is yes, having people that are here, but there are certain times where it is tough that it is me talking to myself aloud in this room. And then I take my headphones off and I'm just fucking alone again. Like no matter how much you, you feel close or you feel that kinship and camaraderie, it's like, Oh, okay. Back to my, back to my lonely existence. And so that like, that's, yeah, the, the value of being able to, yeah, not feel alone to cultivate community literally around the world in some of the most isolated places or isolated situations you could be feeling is, is what's fucking worth it. And having these conversations is what fuels that as well, because that's just an extra layer of we we see you and you're not alone so that's mm-hmm. i i can't i can't thank you enough for your vulnerability yeah. and that's why every time you're like i'm sorry i'm going on a tangent i'm like no 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 keep saying <laughs> shit this is perfect because you always ended up tying it back to the question that i wanted to ask anyway so it's and that's yeah so i i like i thank you so much for your vulnerability and your willingness to share because i can only imagine how many people might even if it's not something that's affecting their life maybe it's something that's affecting someone they love or someone they love who they love and it's it's just so valuable so seriously thank you so much you, for taking the time dude like that's no, thank I'm you so jazzed we were able to make it work because this, well, this is yeah i wanted to ask you like just because i know you had touched on it a little bit recently yeah. like with you going back with cannabis yep I'm just trying to think of how I should word this. I'm always bad with like wording questions. You're so good. Take your time. Do since you have gone back to using cannabis and I feel like for you, at least how you've uh, talked about it. Yeah. Is more, I guess medicinal for you as well. You know, Um, do you feel in your short amount of time back in that it is benefiting you in any way. Do you feel like how I talked about a little bit? Cause, and I only asked because I think it might be something for you to research a little bit. Seriously. I don't know if bud tenders out there are good at all, or if you go to a dispenser or not, but 
maybe if you are feeling that cannabis is helping benefit you with some of this, maybe doing some research on it, or if you haven't already, or if you have, I'm sorry, should be the question. Yeah. Maybe trying with some of these different terps, because I promise you, brother, it helped me beyond measure. Yeah. Because I was just, all right. So when I first got on, just put this in perspective, when I got first got on medical marijuana, everything that I bought strain wise was heavy indica. Yeah. And the reason being is because it was so close to the heroin feeling that zombie like I'm knocked out of it. I mean, there was times where I would smoke so much indica that I would be nodding out. Oh, yeah. I would sit there in my chair and I'd be like, uh, you know, like yeah. doing on myself almost. And that was a big thing. But then I was like, all right, well, maybe I need to try sativa. And I'm like, well, you're ADHD. And then it was like a polar opposite effect. Like I said, I was getting like these panic attack almost feelings. So I really, I, I just sat there to one day and I told the, they were like, we well, can talk to the pharmacist. So I was like, cool. And I went and I sat with the pharmacist at the dispo for like 30 minutes. I was like, look, I've been trying to keep like notes of the different strains and what's in them and how it makes me feel. Yeah. And they sat down with me a little bit. It took, it took a little bit of time, but they went, Hey, maybe. And I tried a few strains and it's been, oh, it's been life-changing. Um, so I'm hoping if that's something that you haven't tried, and obviously I don't want you to have to, I don't want anybody to be dependent on any substance. Oh yeah. But I'm really firm believer in like me, like I said, I've never been diagnosed, but if I would have been diagnosed like with clinical depression or whatever, I would have done everything in my power to try to find as natural a remedy as possible before taking some prescription drug, you know? Totally. Uh, so I think that's where I was going with it is, do, I mean, do you feel like cannabis is something that in this short amount of time since you've gone back? Because I don't know how long you abstained. And I mean, you yeah. know, like it's in your system for a little bit. Yeah. And I know you're very active and, and healthy. Oh, yeah. So probably. So it's not in your system as long, but I mean, did you notice from like, okay, I abstained for X amount of time. I felt this way. And now that I'm starting to medicate a little bit more, you know, have you noticed a difference or any sort of progress maybe, or is there something mm, for me? It's not even necessarily the weed in and of itself. I, cause I've been okay. smoking for like six or seven years now. And my whole thing is the munchies. No matter what the percentage is, no matter uh, what strain it is, there is a certain amount of time that after I smoke, no matter what, I am getting the munchies and there is nothing you can do to stop me from eating everything until I just want to go to sleep. So it's like, that's, there are, like, it's beneficial for the first two hours when I smoke and then my body just goes, cool, couch food bring it on and same with edibles uh same with edibles and yeah so that's why i I, and no matter what bud tender no matter what i'm like hey something with that doesn't give me the munchies and they're oh try this nope fucking munchies something that else nope fucking munchies and so my experience is someone who is also riddled with the adhd is it's the it's a, the dopamine that I get from smoking, and then it's mm-hmm. also the, because my mind doesn't stop, it's also the break. And break. so what I'm, my goal is, since I haven't been able to separate, and it's like the amount of times that 
I'll be good for a few days and then something bad happens and then my brain just goes, oh my gosh, good feelings, food. So I, it's been, I, I will say damn near impossible for me to be able to split the two. But when I was, I think I made it around two weeks or so, a little over two weeks. And it just got to the point where I, and I, I shared a clip with Theo Vaughn the other day where it's the ability to actually get to my baseline of just maybe say peace if it goes depressed because I am actually diagnosed with uh, my anxiety is worse, but then it's anxiety, depression, and then riddled with the ADHD. And so when I had it gone sober, it's like after the first week or so, it got to be where I, it didn't matter if I went to jujitsu. It didn't matter if I hung out with my friends. It didn't matter if I had a great stream. The second that that joy or whatever peace left, I was back at fucking square one and just felt like I want to go to bed. Like this is fucking miserable. This is horrible. What I'm not even enjoying life right now. I'm literally living to go to the gym, get stream out of the way and then go to sleep. Um, so that's why I just, I was finally like, you know what, dude, I'm going to go get a joint. I'm sick and tired of feeling down like this. And so I'm, I have a meeting in a little over a week to finally maybe get a, like an Adderall or something that will help get that baseline just up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for now, yeah, it's like, it helps until it. it doesn't to an extent, you know? And so I'm, and I haven't been able to find a remedy for the munchy part there is literally nothing that satisfies like i will be hanging out with friends and then that munchy part is like oh no we're done with friends let's go to the couch like that's just what it is and so mm -hmm. I, I i'm that's why i'm struggling so much with the again it helps for a little bit it helps me like relax and get that escape but then again if i have something in my cabinet that is appetizing enough, I'm going to eat it until I feel sick. So yeah, th that's, that's just the, the struggle. And maybe I can, have you tried maybe I'm just, I'm obviously no, please, I'm not trying football, to be fix at all. Always. I'm always open to suggestions. Well, no, cause I suffer from this. I mean, I really do. I mean, cause I smoke a lot while I'm creating content. Yeah. So obviously I can't just get up. I mean, I can go grab a bag of chips or this or that or whatever, what I started doing is because I do the same thing a minute I close stream. I mean, I do usually two back to back big old rips, right? Yeah. And then within 30, 40 minutes, I am off to the races food. And I'm talking the only difference is I don't go. <clears throat> what I've noticed I started doing is and I say it might work for you actually cooking the food when you're having the munchies. And it's, oh, I yeah. Mean, it's, it doesn't have to be like really good, you know, healthy food, but I feel like for me, cause like, all right, this is a big thing I cook when I get really hungry. I call them gravy cheese fries. Okay. I deep fry them. I don't even air fry them. Okay. So oh. I gotta, but this is what I'm saying. This time pup, like, you know, it takes me like 40 minutes to do all this. So I'm like snacking a little bit, you know, on chips or, you know, like I love the black bean um, and I think it's black bean and garlic Tostitos, you know, chips. So I'll like smack a bunch of them while I'm deep frying my French fries and then you put beef gravy over it. So I got to like simmer the beef gravy because I buy it in a jar. I doctor it up with some salt and pepper and then 
you know, so that all takes like 40 minutes to do. And then I have this big monster order of gravy cheese fries. It's French fries, beef, gravy, and provolone cheese on top. And I eat that usually all to the face or the wife sits there with a fork and eats some of it too. But usually I, by the time I eat that, I'm full, I'm content, you know, and I am like, I burnt up over an hour, you know what I mean? And then I'm eating and I'm ready to go to bed. Yeah, um, see, that's... I'm not trying to be Mr. Fix it. Oh, no, I'm, I'm against suggestions. <laughs> that's the only difference that you mentioned is content. The only time is that I'm content. Not content that. Nope, not at all. Until there is more... no food or I feel si like I feel I will it's not, not get sick. It's not funny. Oh, no, it's I fucking can... hilarious. Like, it, it drives me... Totally... It's wild. It's wild that that is just... Yeah, no, nah, there's... Because uh, I, I did the same thing. I made um a big like five pounds of teriyaki chicken and so i had a big chicken bowl with rice and i was like you know what that's not enough so i had another big chicken bowl with rice and i was like you know what that's not enough and then i had half a bag of uh freaking uh, maple pecan oat clusters that are supposed to go in my yogurt and then it's like mm, that's not enough we should also have so, so it's like it, well, that is it, yeah. my so, so your chat knows that is my american version of poutine yeah. Okay. That's everyone. It's essentially, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's essentially American version of poutine. Yes. Um, they use cheese curds, typically, like traditionally, and um, yeah, yeah. But nah, man. I'm just. I'm trying to think. Like, no, I you're this, so good. I very much get the same way, and then I wake up the next morning, and I feel like a complete and utter piece of shit. Oh yeah. Typically, what I eat is terrible. Like, oh my god, if I showed you this box that just got delivered to me. Pop, I still eat jail food, bro. I mean, it's it hits a spot. I it have, has a certain feeling. It really does. I mean, I have literally Wagyu. I have American Wagyu. I have Australian Wagyu. And I have full Japanese A5 Kobe Wagyu steaks in my freezer. And yet I still spend about 150 a month from this place out of Illinois. And I get commissary food. And typically, like, if I don't want to do gravy cheese fries, 10 or 11 o'clock at night, I'm making my jail fried rice. It literally amazing. tastes like fried rice. It's so good, but it's so bad for you because it's all bioengineered food. Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, like, that's it's it's an extra large Domino's pizza is two bags of popcorners and then half a box of uh, extra toasty Cheez-Its. Like, again, I'm not oh, reaching for anything terrible. healthy either. Yeah. We like, are that's, terrible. Yeah. But, so that's... But, to talk on that though, I mean, it just doesn't I feel stop. It, it doesn't stop. But think about, and I only say this because I feel when I say like, "Hey, we're spirit animals" and shit like that. I feel like we have a lot of the same ups and downs in terms of like with our mental state, with our health. Now, granted, and then you know, I'm just being very say your words. It. Like I, I'm very blessed that I have my wife. Yeah, like you said, when you and everything you're left with yourself and i mean that's i hate that for you and oh you thanks know. i'm not <laughs> no, too jazzed I mean, on it myself but we deal fond of it either. <laughs> yeah, i know and it's like not everybody gets that so you know yes i'm very blessed when i get off i do have that companionship and yeah. all but i feel but even though i have that i still go to the food oh yeah and it's like a comfort thing and eat 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 and then i wake up the next morning and i feel like a complete and utter piece of garbage yeah. and then i don't go to the gym on top of it oh yeah so so you're like believe me when it comes to like the mental to a degree i can empathize completely um 
and I hate when people say like, oh, it's only going to get better. Like, no, motherfucker, I've been dealing with this for how long, you know, or or like, yeah, I appreciate it. But like, that's not cutting it for me or yeah. like, that's not going to make me not want to not get out of bed for 18 hours, even though my back hurts and I need to get out of bed, you know, so um, and I know you probably hear it all the time, but dude, seriously. I will I'm going to send you my tech my uh my cell and Twitter and I'm 4 hours ahead of you so four I'm usually well yeah you're west coast right no I'm in Denver you're 2 hours oh you're mid oh shit well even well it's even better I don't know why I thought you were west coast um I used to be dude yeah just text me man seriously I know it doesn't give you that companionship right then and there at that moment to have you know and I know you like you said sometimes even being with your friends you just want to leave but I know how important it is to have just somebody's phone number or know that I can DM them and they're going to keep it a buck with me too. Yeah. Not, gi not give you the, Oh, well just take a nap and it's going to be okay. <laughs> like no motherfucker. That's not what I need to hear right now. Like I need a, some realness right now. Like, you know, and, and that's what the reason I say that is because, I, because I have been through so much, you know, I haven't been through everything. Typically, I can either empathize or sympathize with the situation and something in me, even though I can be very consoling and be a good friend, I still am always that person that's not playing the devil's advocate, but, you know, like kicking you in the ass kind of, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like motherfucker you're you're better than this you know what i'm saying like you yeah got people depending on you know whatever those words that you need to hear at that time and usually it's you know what to say at that time you know but um i feel like too many people at least as content creators can say yeah my dms are always open right and i'll just use this as an example my grandmother passed I was very reluctant to make a post, but as a content creator as well, we got to keep our communities informed and why we're not going to be, you know, yeah. live for two days. And I did. I had a lot of people that, you know, commented. I had a few people that reached out to me in my DMs, you being one of those people. I had even a new content creator. She's amazing. Her and her boyfriend sent me flowers to, to us. Yeah. Like, so I feel like there are a lot of people that are, you know, at face value can put off this, you know, oh, I care about you persona. My DMs are always open. But again, I'm not saying everybody needed to be kissing my ass, but you yeah. <laughs> and not just because I'm on here with you and a few other people still reached out to me even a few days after. Hey, man, how are you holding up? Yeah. Because it's the genuineness, the sincere, the sincereness and because just good human beings and it's not the fakeness and you know just the the feeding you the bullshit because they're live or whatever oh, yeah. to look good. you know what i mean so to have that i and i have a few people that like i say that have always been genuine and and care and reach out even after the fact i just feel like not it's my duty um, but because I'm that type of person, I feel like I'm doing myself a disservice yeah. by not making myself available to people that need me. Yeah. Um, again, I signed up for it as a content creator. Um, my wife's huge on human design. That's something I don't know if you've ever looked into, but if you haven't, 
I would say I'll get you to send me your information and my wife will like do your human design chart. She loves that stuff. And she's got my wife's an English major. Oh, nice. And she's got a ton of literature on this. A friend of hers does it and got her into it. And that's helped us a lot as a couple and as individuals, knowing our human design, because it takes a lot from astrology. It takes a lot from astrophysics and it takes a lot from, um, has a lot to do with like your chakra system and stuff like that as well. And it's like a culmination of all of it, man. And like, she was just talking about it, that, um, something with one of the moons right now. And it's a fact, a lot of people that I know right now are breaking up, getting divorced, doing whatever. And that was because of their like moon sign or something like that, something to do with their human design. Interesting. But seriously. Yeah. I'm serious. Like if that's nothing, something you've never looked into and I know you're, I feel like that would really be up your alley. Like I'm like intrigued really- and apprehensive. I, I have a, I have a, what's the word I like? I have a, trying to phrase it. I don't like necessarily being told who I am. Not that that is what that is, but I am very, again, like that's why even when I, I mean, I'm not that, I love how I'm saying I'm not that religious. I'm not necessarily religious, but I like even when it came to when I was still a quote unquote Christian, I hated the label Christian because it automatically uh, in you inherently come to an assumption of what you think I might believe. So when it comes to like Enneagrams, when it comes to horoscopes, when it comes to start like all those signs, I'm so I become against it and apprehensive. Mm -hmm. I I shouldn't say against it. I again, I just don't like apprehensive. Yeah, very apprehensive because I don't like. Oh, just because you are this, that means you're this. It it seems my brain takes it as limiting, even though, again, it's only things that you could potentially learn about yourself that you don't have to have a committed relationship with. So that's why yeah. it's like I'm intrigued, but also I know that I can come in with a bit of apprehension or a little bit of a block. Uh, but yeah, I I'm could, still very. I could. And yeah. again, I'm only speaking off of and I could be. I'd have to yell there for her to come in here, but I want to say that that is one of the good things because it's not really telling you so much because for instance, again, I don't know as much. I'm speaking a little loosely, like for instance, like it talks about like defined centers and stuff like that, like in terms of shockers and all, but it's not saying babe, come here. <laughs> Cause I hate like mis- giving misinformation. Also, I don't know if something just happened with your mic or if there's something in the background, but it sounds like a sh- uh, like slight static. You're good. I'm sorry. I was no, that was my torch. Oh, nice. I thought I had my mic moved away. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I'm trying. I'm trying <laughs> to explain human design to puppies, and which I totally understand where he's coming from. So essentially, he's like, I can be very apprehensive with stuff like that, with like horoscopes and all, where it kind of tells you who you are. Because I, and I get it, at least for me, sometimes I don't want to know those things. Like, but that's not really human design, right? Because it's, you, I mean, you're talking about like defined centers and stuff like that. And human like, you. I can't hear her if she's talking. Come on closer. Sorry. It takes the I Ching. <laughs> it takes the I Ching, the chakra system, astrology, and uh astrophysics i think was the other one yeah and it combines it all together okay so well what 
but would talk more on like the defined centers and stuff real quick. I know I don't want to take too much. No pressure. Well, because like I was trying to say, like how you've explained to me us as partners where I might be missing a portion of one of my centers or something like that. Like you fill that. You know what I mean? When you do a human design chart, it'll look similar to like a chakra system chart where like you will have certain types of energies that are automatically there based on the date and the time you were born. But also it depends on like what's like how where the planets are right now for it to like give you energy in certain other parts. So if that makes sense, I'm not yeah. really good at explaining it. That's no, I mean, that does, that does cool. make it. That's also, he definitely also totally put you uh, on the spot. On, on the spot. Uh, no, that makes complete sense. So makes for instance, sense. like, I, I mean, we can always talk off. And if you would be interested, I, cause she, um, so essentially like, if you're like, yep, Chad, I'm interested, you know, the wife, you would just tell, give her. Like where you were born, what city you were born in, and what time you were born in. That's all you need. The date, city, and and um, with that, like I found out that I'm a projector. Okay. So essentially, I project other people's energy. I'm for for the most part. So I'm very I pick up on people's energy. So that's another reason I'm kind of glad we went into this. That's kind of what made me pull away from a lot of the creators that I had aligned myself with in Facebook. Okay. Because me being a projector, them project them putting out this bad energy constantly and negative thoughts and all I project that, that those thoughts and feelings and energy come through me. And then that is what I project back out to people. So I really noticed the, you know, being having these people in my life when I was playing Warzone. Like if you saw me on Facebook, like when I first started playing, I was like the biggest rager you would ever <laughs> have met. Like, dude, vein in my forehead, screaming at my monitor, like just a complete look like a complete dickhead. Seriously. And there was people that loved it. They thought it was funny. But again, when I separated myself with a lot of people, and like I said, I started to try to align myself with new people, dude, the energy that I project now, and it can change, obviously, because you can walk into a room and there can be some really negative energy. Oh, it yeah. Happened to me at a, it happened to me at a tattoo parlor in Alabama recently. I went in. Now, mind you, and I'm very open about this. I contracted hepatitis C. Okay. When I was, when I, because I was an IV drug user. Um. And when I, my tattoo artist knows I have hepatitis C, he's like, I told him from day one when I found out, he's like, dude, we literally have to take classes and shit and precautions against this. You know what I mean? Oh, from shit. Nice. Blood. So um, when I went to get this tattoo in Alabama, I filled out the paperwork. I checked. Yes. Um, that I had. And this is like really, this is like the top notch tattoo parlor in Birmingham. Okay. Um, I flew down there, a buddy of mine, he's a content creator as well, my buddy truly, he had hit a nice. star goal and he was getting his first tattoo ever. Him and I have been really close. I was like, brother, if you hit your goal, I'll fly down there and I'll get a tattoo with you. Cause I'm, all, I'm, I'm inked up, you know, I was like, it ain't nothing for me to get another tattoo. Right. 
I've reached out to these people months in advance because I found one of their artists that did like very similar work like I like, like sacred geometry, really heavy black and white work. You know what I'm saying? Gray shading, stuff like that. And she's like, hey, I broke my hand. I don't know if I'll be able to tattoo you, but reach out to us like a week or two before you come down. And and if I'm back, I'll get you in the books. Nice. So they told me just to come down. She wasn't gonna be able to tattoo me, right? <clears throat> I would have to, to be a walk-in. So I go down there that day. I feel, My buddy goes back in the back. I fill out the paperwork and I ask him. I said, you know, I had reached out. That's why this is kind of last minute. Do you guys have any flash that I can pick from? They're like, no, we don't do that here. I'm like, really? You don't have flash art? I'm like, you know, I've been in the like hundreds of tattoo shops and they always have at least one artist doing flash yeah. art. You know, um, doing walk-ins. So they're like, nah, we're really only like typically t- uh, appointment only. So I'm like, okay, <clears throat> do you have anybody available that can do this style work? <clears throat> can you show me their things and I'll check their portfolios out real quick. I'm going to be here for a while. My buddy's getting tattooed. He's getting a full forearm piece. Um, so uh, maybe five minutes I'm looking through portfolios and I'm already been rushed. They asked me like three times, am I ready? So I finally find this artist find something i wanted um he's like yeah man i'm gonna go back he's like first question you know which i respect he's like what are you looking to pay on this i was like i don't have a price limit dude i said this is the size i want this is the idea i want i want some color in it you know i was gonna put it right above my knee at the bottom of my thigh nice um and just get it was gonna be like an eye with wings whatever 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 My tattoo artist would have charged me like 350 bucks or something like that. And if you saw my work, Pups, you'd be like, he, he does really good work. This guy, I was like, you know, figuring five to 700 bucks, whatever it is, what it is. <clears throat> so he's like, all right, I'm going to go back, draw it up. The girl gives me the paper. <clears throat> I fill out the paper. I check yes for hepatitis. Give it back to her. Now it's her and two other apprentices behind the desk. I see her go to both apprentices, point to... Uh, I'm not stupid. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I can read your body language and see you pointing to the paper I just handed you. You weren't confused on my last name. Yeah, you're asking what you what you should be doing since I marked yes on for appetite. Now you've disclosed my personal information to two other apprentices. They're not even artists, okay? I've always been a firm believer if you're asking questions that are HIPAA related, you should treat those customers as if they are, you're a doctor and they're a patient then. And that information is confidential, right? Yeah. So she then, after asking them to, goes back to the artist's booth. Not even a minute later, he comes out. Now he is eight feet from me. I'm sitting on a sofa in the lobby and he says, and he looks at the paper, Hey man, did you mean to uh, check? Yes. For hepatitis. Or anything? <laughs> oh, now, mind you, there's two other customers sitting there. Jesus Christ. So I, I literally just got like, you ever get the feeling where you're just like embarrassed and like angry and you get oh, that, yeah. like, that prickly feeling and you get really warm. Not like I wanted to punch the guy, but I was just like so embarrassed and like frustrated. It's like angst and I, almost. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I'm like, well, yeah, dude, I said I did. I mean, I'm just trying to be honest with you. Um, I said, I, you know, I'm, I would feel terrible if I didn't fucking tell you that. And God forbid. Now, if anyone knows too, to get hepatitis C, you need like extended blood to blood you know to catch it okay um but regardless <clears throat> i was like well yeah he's like well unfortunately man i'm not gonna be able to tattoo you and i was like really and i was like look, i start looking down at my arms and all 
and my legs because I have like really intricate work, fresh work. And I'm like, really? I was like, well, I guess I'll just stick with my tattoo artist then. And I said, have a good day. And I left and nice. I texted my buddy and I said, hey, brother. Um, now, mind you, when I walked in, this place is like painted all black, tinted windows. It's built into the side of a building into a hill. And when you went in there, it, it was so dark. The ambiance was like very sinister, very, you know what I'm saying? I've yeah. never been in it. I mean, usually going to a tattoo shop and it's very well lit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Dude, so dark and ominous, like, yeah, very weird. And like I said, I got very bad energy. And when I texted him, I was like, hey, I'm going back to the hotel, man. You know, told him what happened. The dude that was tattooing him, it was like, what the fuck? He's like, they just fucking turned him away for that. He's like, and he's the one that even said, like, bro, we literally take precautions for stuff like that with gloves and this and that and da 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 da. And I'm like, <clears throat> I said, hey, man, I don't care. It is what it is. Um, and so I wrote them a three star review. I wasn't a dickhead because I'm a business. Owner. Like, Good for you for three stars. I would have I didn't gotten a little one. lower. I know. I know. I didn't. I, but I've had people leave me really shitty reviews pop over some petty ass stuff. Yeah. You know, and I saw so I was like, this dude left me three stars and made no complaints. Just said that we were a little higher priced. So I'm just like, really not four stars. But so I just said, hey reason for three stars you know i felt like you guys would handle things like this medical private medical information a little more publicly instead of now mind you you've already fucking blasted my information everybody in the shop that day yeah so i didn't care at that point <clears throat> i'm like but to you know disclose that someone has hepatitis in the lobby in front of all the customers very unprofessional i said i respect your guys choice to not tattoo me but maybe in the future you'd want to handle things a little more discreetly and professionally and their response was pretty much you're stupid you literally just put it out on the internet that you have hepatitis c um whatever whatever i could go back and read you the exact response and i'm like really that's how you respond and then my buddy tells me in the time that I left, they turned away four other customers that came in for walk-ins. A husband and a wife wanted to get, and this they only knew this because they were outside vaping and the people came out. And they wanted to get like matching birds, a husband and a wife. They said, we don't do that kind of stuff. And What does and that mean? I, dude, they literally were like, yeah. Like when he asked me what I wanted, I'm like, bro, like literally it isn't like I come in here and I have like, trashy like jail tats you know and i know some yeah. jail tattoos that are fucking insanely good my artist <laughs> like, started tattooing in jail that's yeah, <laughs> yeah like it's great yeah and and i'm just like dude are you serious i'm like when i was sitting out front pups waiting this dude pulls up i just think they i'm gonna be honest i saw one black artist in there if i'm gonna just keep it real with you i think it was just a racist thing dude or like pompous yuppie like that's what we call yuppies people like that that are really fucking douchey because this dude pulls up he was a uh, he was either mixed or light-skinned boy right dreads yeah. pulled up i was sitting out front vaping waiting and he came up when he he like rolled down so he's like hey man i'm not good at parallel parking am i close enough to the curb no. I'm like, yeah, bro. i was like bro you might want to get a little bit further in i was like i don't know how they are down here i said but up north you got to be at least 12 inches to even pass the test right oh my so god he, he like whipped the car in a little bit closer. Can I like, thank you, man. Appreciate you, bro. And um, I was like, what are you going in to get some work done? He's like, no, I'm actually going in to drop off my portfolio. I was like, oh, bet. Good luck, man. He goes in. I mean, he came back out. Not even two minutes later. Not even. 
with this portfolio in his hand. I was like, how did it go, man? He's like, they wouldn't even look at it. What? what? Yeah. So I just, you know, there was so many red flags and, you know, people were just, but Dan, I'm going to be honest, man. I went to so many other places down in Alabama and really lived up to the true term, like Southern hospitality. Yeah. I mean, just awesome ass people, dude. Didn't matter if I went into, I mean, I walked into Walmart with him. We went in, he took me into this barbecue spot. That's really known. I can't remember the name of it. I tried my first Whataburger, <laughs> um, like just, you know, took me into a bunch of different places and, and literally the epitome of Southern hospitality. Um, but it's just, you know, when you go to places like that and see that and where I grew up in Baltimore, <clears throat> um, that's, hey, we talked about moving to Florida for a long time. Fuck Florida, dude. Fuck DeSantis. Yeah. Like my, well, my wife, my wife is first generation Mexican, dude. Oh, nice. You know, so like I also found this out. We couldn't legally, even though we're married up here, we couldn't legally move to Tennessee. You know that? No. And 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 be married. Oh yeah, she just told me part of a law that Tennessee just passed recently. Under, I'd have to go ask her again. <clears throat> under that, pretty much bans. It was under there because you can't have same sex marriage. That's uh, yeah. what it fell under. That's what they under that law has to do with mixed race marriage as well. Yeah. So being that I am a Caucasian white male and my wife is Hispanic, <clears throat> technically, like our marriage wouldn't be um, recognized or something like down there. Yeah. What yeah, dude, the fuck, fuck is bro. happening? Isn't it still? Yeah. And you got DeSantis down there in Florida being a fucking Nazi, pretty much like this is the Fourth Reich. Well, that's what the United States has been called anyway, numerous times. I yeah, that's um, I, I don't want to depress myself even further. That's Me why neither. I, I know. But yeah, Jesus I'm just like, uh huh. Because we've talked like we want to get out of PA because it's just this is a very terrible state to live in, in my opinion. And we don't want to go back to Maryland. It's so freaking expensive. And I'm like, I tell her, I'm like, well, where are we gonna move? Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, mean Colorado's nice. Shops How are they out there with vape? Like, I don't. I'd have to. Oh, see there's the vape plenty of vape are. shops. There's vape oh, shops. Is? Yeah, 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 yeah. I would just have to see what the taxes are because that's the big thing. Ta- like, uh, I don't know for business, but I know uh, tax. The taxes are lesser. Tax? The eight, maybe. Oh, that's not bad. I'm six percent in Maryland. Yeah, I want to say like eight point something, or se- uh, it's that- either seven to eight. It's still not bad, but that was like the reason we, for instance, we were thinking of going to Florida because there's no sales tax. So, like for instance, I have to collect sales tax for the for the shop, and we were we used to pay monthly. We pay quarter. I think we're back to quarterly. Well, dude, I do roughly between sixty and eighty thousand dollars a month in sales. Well, we have to collect six percent sales tax, and I have to collect an additional six percent vapor tax. <clears throat> what? So out of those sales, we are responsible for withholding 12% tax from all of it. And then I have to send that into the state every month. And that's usually between six and $10,000. Yeah, so, we're so bad. Colorado sales tax is just 2.9. But what? where I live, it's seven. Uh, the whole tax rate 7.5. That's still not bad, though. No, that's really not bad. Because there are certain states that are... I mean, New York, let's look at New York, for instance. I think their sales tax is like, what, 15% or something? Outrageous. Something disgusting. Yeah, because cigarettes. <laughs> That's another reason why I stopped. I'm glad I stopped smoking cigarettes. 
I went to New York pubs before. I remember I bought a pack of cigarettes up there. It was like when it was like I used to smoke Newport One Heart. So I used to get them and they were like six sixty three. And I remember I went to New York and they were like ten bucks. And it was like the following year, maybe or something like that. After they had like increased the tax, I went back up there. It was like fifteen dollars for a pack of smokes. I yeah. was like, no. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh my gosh, it's crazy the money that they bleed out of you. Mm. Which is why, again, I'm in Colorado as opposed to California. I was like, I'm good. Luckily, I started oh, an LLC out here, so that's been that's Ooh, saved me money smart. as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, dude, it's. I wanted to ask you real quick. Do you have a? Because I know you obviously do multiple things, have multiple streams of revenue, kind of yep. like myself. <clears throat> do you have a local account like CPA that you use, or did you find someone maybe recommended? Because I actually. I'm partnered with AIM. Brendan had on these two guys. They're like tax accountants yep. and they pretty much handle, and they've handled some big names. Um, the one guy's called like the gamer. Yeah. The gamer. Ad- yeah. 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 Account- yeah. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I follow about? those guys. Yep. 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 Okay. I'm just, cause I'm, you know, and I don't know with you setting up your LLC, if you did it for, I got puppies or not or whatever. Like I've been being told frequently that like we can write off like where you're at right now that's your office for your stream you oh, yeah. can write off part of your electric bill part of your email or, or part email part of your wi-fi yep. you know, like so um yeah i the, the current cpa we have i'm trying to i mean they're gonna try these guys if they're able to file for us in pa maryland jointly yep. or i've been trying to maybe pick a few other people's brains like yourself hey you know maybe a recommendation yeah i got a recommendation i think my guy's based out of florida but he handles Colorado and something else. But yeah, I could shoot him a message and see what um, legend. Yeah, it's super easy. Just remind me. I also included my. Uh, I shot you a DM of my uh, birth location, time, and, and date, and all that shit. So we'll see. Here's younger to me, you young little. Hoe. Yeah, thirty. It's just the mustache makes me look you older. That's baby. why I keep it. Dude, well, you know what they say to me? Jail preserved me. That's, I mean, here, you, and I'm gonna send you my info here, so you have my. That's. I was listening info. to uh, Brandon Novak, and his he was talking to it's Bert, amazing. and yeah, he was saying the same thing. He's like with, because I think his thing was heroin as well, and he's mm-hmm. he said, you know, I it either makes you look incredibly withered or it keeps you looking young, and he's like, it helped me look young. So it Me seems too. like you guys both benefited. The only n- recognized benefit, it seems, of well, uh, I kept my teeth. I hey, kept all yep. my teeth. There you go, dude. Look at become, you. Oh, don't, oh isn't it? They start to smoke it, dude. They get. Or, yeah, you. Well, no. For instance, that's what I'm saying. Like a lot of people, what happens is, man, with the heroin. They will start smoking, but a lot of people start doing because it, you don't have the money, man. And the states will fund you for methadone, right? Yeah. The methadone starts to rot your bones from the inside out. That's why I was talking about my dad's buddy had his knees replaced and your teeth just start rotting and happened to my brother. My brother's teeth started falling out, man. It literally deteriorates everything. And I'm just like, and you know who developed methadone? The Nazis, baby. Oh, Germany. sick. Yeah, they used to give liquid method. It was called methadose, I believe, in its pure form. They used to give it to their soldiers because it increases your heart rate and it elevates your body temperature. You get this supernatural feeling almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the Nazis were, I mean, they used to give their guys methamphetamines. I mean, it makes um, sense. Yeah. You always got to keep going. <laughs> but I'm, it, it's, 
I just, yeah, anything. I, I'm just so advocate against that stuff, man, because I know what it does to your body and all. Oh, yeah. And that. But. Oh, I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. Holy hell. You're so good. Where I went, where I went with the, um, with the methadone and all. But yeah, um, I will have, because oh, we were talking about it preserving us and stuff like that. And people smoke, you know, you asked if people were smoking it and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it just destroys your body, dude, <laughs> in, in so many different ways. But no, I am going to, too. I'll have, because uh, like I say, she loves doing that stuff. And I think it would... It's really cool because, like I said, it opened up my eyes to some things. Like seeing, um, like, my charts and stuff like that, which was really refreshing. And I know where we were. My brain went back because we were talking about Brandon Novak. Yep. Uh, it did. It did. It really it preserved me, dude. It was that in jail. And coincidentally, I, I think he either grew up not far from me in Maryland. Really? Or, or his mom or whoever resides in Maryland. Cause I actually saw him at a restaurant like two months ago. There's a, oh, a really good uh, spot. It's actually right around the corner from my shop. It's called Pappas. If you like crab cakes, by the way, they deliver nationwide. You can order them and they'll, they're frozen. They send them out to you. They're not as good as when you get them there, but they're oh, still naturally really not. Good. Okay. But yeah. He, he, yeah, he was there and I was like, Oh, I told my wife, I was like, that's Brandon Novak. And I, um, I wanted to go up and say hi to him and all, but he was with his family. I think it was, I think I actually think it was Mother's Day this Aww. past year. It was either Mother's Day or when I took the the, guy, the guys and girls that work for me out for, I think it might've been that. I took them out, you know, for like a company dinner. Um, But yeah, he, he's another amazing soul, dude. His story is. Oh yeah. Awesome. I was, I was enthralled. I was watching a lot of that. Was it yesterday before or when I got home? <laughs> One of those. And I, I think I still have to finish the episode, but it was, yeah, it's, it's insane. It's insane. Very similar to yours in a way. Mm, that's what I say. I've watched a lot of his, I mean, obviously he was a pro skater, you know, and got in, you know, with Jackass, you know, yep. his part and all that. But um, yeah, dude, I mean, I've, I believe he has spoken because I think he's still pretty active in like AA or NA oh, yeah. or one of them. I think he has, and, he has a bunch of treatment centers. Yeah, he spoke at, you know, one of my, they brought him in. Uh, one of my friends was celebrating or something. He was there he was as a speaker or something like that. So um, he's a really, really, really good fucking person, man. I When you see somebody's story like that and it's so similar to yourself, I mean, similar upbringings, but like obviously his start, you know, he made it to stardom essentially and was, yep. you know, in, in the limelight, like it doesn't matter, man. That's why I tell people like you could be a fucking pro skateboarder, musician, whatever, 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 um, politician, whoever, man, or you could come from the slums, you know, your family could, it just be a generational thing. You know, it does not discriminate. So that's why I talk about it a lot. I feel like people need to be open about it and, I hate to use like NA and AA slangs, like share your experience, strength and hope yeah. with people, man, because sometimes you can save some, not, not sometimes a lot of times you can save somebody's life and not even know it. Yeah. So, um, no, yeah, I, um, I appreciate you sincerely. Dude, you I'm as so well. glad. Thank you. I'm so glad we got to do this. I'm always, always, always open. I mean, whether it's about, business stuff because i love talking about like vaping and and that and like trying to do different things and expand content i mean i was at one point 
I mean, I'm still would love to do it. Love to actually build a real, like, in my opinion, what I think a real gaming organization should be like a tier one gaming org. Yeah. Um, and I was doing my research on that with investors and stuff like that, because what a lot of people don't know, and I'll just use one, like hundred thieves, for instance, yeah. Nate shot. Uh, if you look, cause you can go and look at corporations and stuff like that. There, he got angel investors to start hundred thieves and all. I'm and not surprised. Search, yeah. So like, it's possible to do this. Is, and I share this with people because like, I mean, obviously he had a huge platform, a huge following. He's a crazy content creator and oh, yeah. player, comp player. But, um, I just really, I mean, just look at what some of the orgs are going through and you see like, I don't know if you watch any comp play like ALGS or world on Series. occasion. Yeah. 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 Do you, I mean, you see like after a, uh, after a certain stage or a major or something like that, you hear all this like hate coming from inside these orgs and they're making roster changes. I mean, you're never going to get really get rid of that, but like, I feel like they can do better. I'll just say yeah. it that way. And I feel like I want to start an org that just does better you know, for their, you know, communities. Cause for instance, like I'm a optic member, gold member, right? Okay. Optic, optic gold member. So when they hosted the majors, their tickets went on sale. Right. And we got VIP access the day before. Now, is it like, I forget what time 10 AM or something. They went live. I was on it like 10, 20 AM. All the tickets were sold out. Oh yeah. That's optic for you. Well, and that's what I'm saying. They were letting people, you know, buy, you know, 50 tickets and then people were scalping them. Oh, but I didn't I'm like, know that. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, that's why I'm like, dude, I don't want it to be like that. I mean, yes, the it's an organization. It's a business, right? That's the same thing with kick. And I know you can relate to this kick is a business. So they're not going to give contracts to every person. People were thinking this too. If you got a verified badge, you know, if you got that check mark, you know, when they were talking about rolling out the hourly rate yep. and stuff like that, people thought just because they were verified, they were going to get this 15 or 16 bucks an hour. And oh, I'm yeah. like, I, where I got to be, I have to be the voice of reason as a business owner. I'm like, you guys don't understand. There, let's say there's just 10,000 creators on kick, which there's way more. If you're giving every one of those people an hourly rate, they are now employees they are receiving a w-2 they are supposed to get paid breaks um i mean the list goes on and on health insurance becomes a thing if i mean so much uh workers comp insurance duh, 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 overtime i'm like you guys don't understand the legalities and what really goes into this if you know to start doing those things and i'm like they're not just going to hand it out to everybody no um, even i like, got lucky you know, with my check mark i still don't even qualify for it with the new standards they set so I was like, I got in at the perfect time. Regardless, though, you've had a you see certain people. I don't feel like cut corners. Some people have their own two cents to put on that. And this is just coming from somebody without a green check mark. I feel like if you were a partnered creator on another platform and your community, you know, and the numbers were there and are still there. Yeah, that's fair. To be partner. You know what I'm saying? For you to come over. Now, if you were like, hey, I was a partner on Mixer. No, fan. Yeah. Mixer, Mixer's been dead for a few years. You know, yeah. yes, you're a partner coming over from Twitch. You're a partner coming over from YouTube. You're a partner coming over from Facebook gaming with a current partner status, which a lot of you guys did. You just didn't renew contract. Well, I wouldn't have renewed from what I heard. They yeah. were offering a lot of people. Uh, do the same work. No money now, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but, That's exactly what it was. Yeah, 
yeah and i'm like so coming over here i'm like you guys just got to be realist man i'm like do i want everyone to eat fuck yes oh yeah everybody just see that's just the type of person a lot of us are type of people a lot of us are we you know but a lot of us are realist as well and know that that's not going to be the case yeah you know i'm never going to be a debbie downer he whatever term you want to use i mean i'm always going to try and lift my friends up but you you know i just i had i was in a podcast with some people on a sunday morning and like i bleed was in, i believe warden all was in there who's another partner from facebook and like i was even saying too much a lot of these other guys are saying guys like i know you don't want to hear it because people were talking about quitting their jobs oh we're uh, we're verified we're, we're gonna be getting this 15 16 bucks an hour i'm quitting my job and i'm like please don't quit your job yeah don't please. do anything yet don't, yeah don't do anything rash you know like not until i said and this is all speculation this isn't even confirmed yet from you know any of the the big hitters i said the moment you see something come rolling out from like eddie or andrew or you know someone with some power and a title at kick.com yeah then maybe you know and know that you meet the criteria 100 percent, you know because i just oh man i've seen it in the vape industry so so many times time and again people just think they can just jump into something and they're instantly going to make money and and then they wake up and their savings is gone and you know they're left with nothing and i hate that um oh my god that's so terrible because it happens so much <laughs> oh yeah you have to do you have to go about it intelligently and especially when you're not in a place where you know exactly how much money you're going to be making every day. You need to be doing shit smarter. So that's like, yeah. Mm -hmm. If you are, you we not didn't start making. Yeah. It, it took us almost four years to start turning a profit and I was stupid. Yeah. I mean, I pulled, I pulled money from my, from my shop. Like I shouldn't have, but like I tell people, I'm like, dude, yeah. It's almost like for you to run a successful business, it can take almost five years before as a business owner, you can really start to pay yourself. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I always like to say I want the best for everybody, but oh, it's sad. It is, man. But all we can I, do is hope to be better and hope it just not stopping. It's the only no, way to prevent you. the lack of success is just don't quit, and then you're yeah. good. You got it, dude. No, I appreciate you. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for taking the time. This has been uh, yeah. a treat. I'm excited to to get this out and yeah keep getting to know you man truly no i appreciate you i hope to do it again soon and hey i know you have your regular squad with cod and all but if you ever want another yell at the screen make you laugh as well you know dr jekyll mr hyde and and cod my dms are always open fam i'm always down to grind appreciate it and dude. i don't know do you play apex at all pop eh. a little bit okay yeah i'm kind of getting away from away from like, shooters to an extent shooters? yeah just no, i i want to be able to make specific content and it's been easier to think of with other games as opposed to just getting into another shooter and being bad and then getting frustrated at being bad because i like to be good and so i'm just i'm like i'm not going to put myself through that frust frustration no, I totally but agree. we'll see i don't know i'm my my mind changes and then changes again every three minutes so 
you never That's know what I'm actually going to do. ADHD, right? Yeah. You never know what's going to be the focus for the day. And you never know what's going to be the focus for the next hour. And that's all That's all we can do. But no, um, I don't want to hold you. you. Like I say, I sent you my cell. If you ever need anything, I promise, doesn't matter. Day or night, hit me up. We'll and, do. Uh, we'll try and link up here again soon. Sounds good, man. Enjoy the rest of your day. I appreciate you. All right. I appreciate you. Have a good one. Much love, brother. You as well. Bye. Later. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that was an amazing conversation with the one and only prodigal. That was awesome. That was awesome. That's all I can say. 